What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Don. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. We're the longest-running Panthers podcast on the internet, the interwebs, or anywhere you get podcasts at. You can get our podcast everywhere you get a podcast at, like uh, Google's. I like to talk like Bobby Bottle Service now, like Google's. Or if you're interested in downloading our podcast from servers of Apple uh, you can do that. Uh, now nah, it's, um, and hey, look, we're on YouTube, smash the thumbs up button and, uh, hang out with Panther fans talking about Panthers news from the fan perspective. If I can get y'all's cameras up, it would be nice. That would be nice. How you guys mm-hmm. doing today? And, uh, introduce yourself while I get your cameras right. <laughs> you know, uh, doing fantastic. We're, uh, obviously coming off of a pretty, a uh, statement win, if you will, and, and statement is going to be in quotations. Um, when we have a, an opponent that is almost as inconsistent as, as we are with the Vikings. So a lot to talk about, a lot to look forward to, but uh, all in all, uh, we're going to be missing the uh, one and only Cody Lashley tonight. I don't even see yeah. your camera, homie. <clears throat> How about that? Mine? Yeah. Do you see mine? I see yours, Greg. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, what's up? <laughs> um, back this week and uh like uh ck said we don't have cody this week so it's definitely gonna have a little less fire to it because cody always brings that fire but i'll represent a little bit for him and talk about everybody here in the chat room that's uh ready to talk about panthers football joe Rilano, trill one uh 10 tizzy joey the blind panther you know we got the chat room full so i'm not gonna steal cody's uh tagline because like ain't nothing really to do it end, but so. to do it that's right, but uh, yeah, let's it, talk some Panthers it. football. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, it's the Thanksgiving episode, Thanksgiving special. Yeah. Uh, where uh, first uh, Cody is uh, visiting family out of state, so he's on the road today, and um, you know, lo- you never know when uh, you know these holiday weekends um, how they're going to pan out for all of us. So I hope that everybody <laughs> has their. Um, you know, safe travels or safe family things, uh, whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, Carolina Panthers win. We're going to be talking a little bit about this uh, game that we won against the Lions and a little bit about this Vikings game. Mostly calls tonight. Uh, not a ton, a ton of news to talk about uh, other than the usual suspects. So um, smash the thumbs up button. Follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. And uh, let's go ahead and get into it. The Panthers rock. We're rocking and rolling on Sunday with a twenty-two nothing beatdown of the Detroit Lions. Only the second um, shutout of the NFL season, and uh, for any for any team. So that's a noteworthy for a Panthers team that has struggled. Uh, and they also did it in the absence of of having their starting quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, who was out. He's been rehabbing a minor knee injury, minor MCL sprain. He, he suffered the week before. 
It was down to the wire, Matt Rule said, and he said it was the toughest decision in his eight-year career as a head coach on game day, but they decided he was not ready to go and ran with P.J. Walker. And P.J. Walker did an admirable job uh, outside of two interceptions in the red zone. So, guys, looking back, you know, the Panthers, it's kind of a tough season for me to, I don't know, what are we cheering for, I guess? And I'm not saying we shouldn't be cheering. Obviously, we're cheering for the Carolina Panthers. But I get what you're saying. It's hard to right. to, to like put pinpoint what we'll is. We're at that teeter point, you know. Yeah. What's yeah. the season going to be? Oh, real quick. First off, toughest decision. Seriously, that's your toughest decision of your football career. Why wow, not? Okay. Why They're not uh, telling a guy he start, can't to start Teddy when... Bridgewater or PJ Walker in a three and seven season is your I mean, toughest decision of your yeah, of your yeah, of your career. Well, like, he said on. that hey, Teddy. Hey, I will. Hey, I will agree with that part. Like it is the third. Like we're we're not obviously <laughs> in the thick of a, a playoff race. A toughest decision might be a bit of an overstatement. Hyperbolic. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but, go ahead. Good. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Tony, you were asking about <laughs> uh, what what we're going to what this season's about. What we're look what we're kind of cheering for. for. Yeah. I, I I don't know, man. I really don't know because I want the Panthers to win. I really do. Last week was so exciting. It felt so good. It felt so, so good to watch that game, see see the balls thrown, see the score, 20 nothing. Like, great. But I know that the more we do that, the more we're playing into exactly what I predicted was going to happen this season, and it's just going to work out bad for us in the end, I feel. You know? So, I, so I, I just don't know what to pull for because I don't want to pull for losing. I don't want to pull for tanking. But I feel like we're past that point of – where tanking really matters because if you're going to tank, you're going to tank for a top two or three pick. I feel. I think we're out of. Yeah, that we're, race we're not right tanking. Now. I mean, it's clear is that we're trying right, to win all right. these games that we've been in, and, and I think it's been an exciting season. Like the games have been entertaining. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. been in all of them except for the Tampa game, um, and we were even the in Tampa that game. for a half. You know, like we were in that yeah. game for a half. And I thought, I mean, if you would ask me at the beginning of the season, if I would have felt like this, you know, CK, you asked, um, I don't know when it was, but we got, we split a season ticket kind of yeah. last year where we went to four games and that last game we went to was a tough one to get amped for, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, I mean, it's, it's the drive, it's the ride, it's the money, it's all of this. And then the, the question was, is what we're going to do that this year? And this was pre pre COVID. -COVID, yeah. Yeah. And, um, we didn't know if, how it would be, if we would be excited enough, I guess, to spend the money and the time and the sacrifice away from your Mm -hmm wives and family that you have to pay in other ways when you get back or before you leave um so it's been more exciting than i expected though right the the panthers have won four games there's still some some like uh football to be played and i think right now i mean i i just don't know what players i'm cheering for to develop like where, you know, where I want the source of strength. And I think it's just going to have to, uh, hopefully we get maybe a, a big thrust on defense in the back end of this season, because I think that's where I, I think that's where I want it to be. Like, so I think that's we, what I want to cheer if we, for. If, if let's see, what, what is it really right now? We're, we got six games left. 
So like if that. we win all six games, and we, no, excuse me, we have five, five games, five games left. So if we finish nine and seven, you're going to be happy. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd be happier okay. than finishing four and twelve. Well, no, and and I get that based on a standpoint of saying, well, we finished nine and seven. At least you didn't have a losing record, uh, this and that. But isn't that? It just feels like it's the same spot we've been in, and I don't see how a nine and seven season helps us in the future, which is why it's so hard to 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 pull for at this point us winning. You know, we've. we've I don't think I don't like to look at it nine like and that. seven could win the NFC East, but that's it's not, just it's not going to get to the but, playoffs anywhere else. So, but we could say this much is that one of the playoff teams that went to the uh, and a lot of teams would probably be able to point out our twenty fourteen season and, and say this same thing. But we would have a better record than a playoff team, you know, which would be yeah. anybody from the NFC East. So, yeah. by We'd the be way, leading that division right now, if we were in it. So. By the way, that division is such oh, a dumpster fire. They could go to the playoffs with the worst record in NFL history. Yeah. Easy. To make it Easy. to a playoff. Mm-hmm. CK, leave and come back so we can get your beautiful face on camera. Then oh, is it not? I, uh, I don't see him. It's not switching. Do you have Greg pinned? Maybe I had myself pinned. I was yeah, saying, no, I see no. CK. I don't know. That's why I, was I don't see commenting on his over, over the screen. And, and does, is the what's the pin look like? There should be a little pin that hovers oh, over. There the we camera. go. I got your beautiful face now. There you go. Panthers got FSU says nine and seven gets you a wild card. I don't think it does in the NFC this year. Uh, well, now it is. Is the Buccaneers are falling not, not, apart? Not nine and seven with the division. Well, I guess the division record doesn't really matter. With the and didn't record. they add? And they added an extra wild card too. Right. Yeah. So there's three wild card there's spots, but I don't. Card, I still yeah. don't think nine. And here's the thing. Just just say just say we go nine and seven. Do you really feel like we we deserve to be in the playoffs? I mean, it'd be great, and, and I'll take it as a playoff berth. Aren't you an NBA fan? Board, Aren't you an NBA fan? Very much so, yeah. Doesn't everybody get in the playoffs there? Do you get mad then? No, there's only 12 teams. I mean, there's, all, there's, <laughs> there's, there's only there's like 18 tw- in the NFL. There's only, or excuse me, now there's not the 10 teams in the NFL. There's 12 teams in the NBA. So, I just feel like they have more. It's like a longer playoff. I would be happy. I think I think it's there's one way to playoff. Yeah. What The way I'd like to think about it with the Panthers, and we could be thankful for this, is I can be thankful that the team sends to seems to be ascending. Yeah. Right? And that's where yeah. I want that's why I like I think finishing nine and seven. So I don't like the the reason I don't like the talk about in some ways or don't agree with the description of you know, nine and seven doesn't get us anything. Yeah, I mean it gets us closer to ten wins next year, eleven wins the following year. I guess the question is, in, in some ways, is does nine and seven to you, do you feel like you're at the summit, right? Or are you climbing towards the summit next year? And I don't feel like with the personnel that we have that we're going to regress easily, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we could improve easily. So I think the more experience these players get, the more taste of success they get, the more confidence that the coaching staff gets in their abilities and what they're trying to preach to this team. Um, I think that that's a, a great for the team and for, you know, I just think that some ways there's other ways to build and improve than being horrid. In fact, I would right. go back and look at all the teams that were horrid and see how many of them actually got better. Yeah. 
Okay, okay, so here's here's where I stand. I, I give if we finish even eight and eight, not nine and seven or eight and eight, even maybe seven and nine. Okay, it's not the spot that I want to be in because it's not the best spot for the future of the team. I don't feel. However, I will give credit where it's due to a player to somebody that I haven't so far this year that I don't like is Matt Rule because finishing seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven. With the team you have, with the complete rebuild, with the no preseason, with with the new staff, that that is impressive, and and I'll give him credit for that. So I'm not I'm not the kind of person who's not going to do that, but it's not where I want to be, you know, because I just I just feel well, like you sure. I mean, I don't want to be middle aged with there, three kids then, and in a middle paying job either. But mm-hmm. guess what? Guess what? That's where I'm at. Right. Exactly. So that's that's the thing. I just have to accept it if we are, of course. It's just in my mind that we're going to be. But once again, if we get there, I, you know, I got to give props to to the coaching staff and, and everybody that brought this in because that's an impressive thing. That's five more wins than we got last year yeah. with a complete almost rebuild from last year. So and let me qualify. Uh, actually, there's two ways of looking at the cup, right? Half full, half empty. So mm-hmm. in other ways, I get to do what I love to do, which is just nerd out and teach history and read and grade papers and stuff like that's not bad. Uh, I have three beautiful children. So while I say I don't want to be middle-aged, I I guess it's just getting older. That's the part that none of us love, but we, we sometimes are since this is a Thanksgiving episode, we should, what are we grateful for with this season? Maybe we can ask it that way. What are we grateful for? Um, I like that approach. And I think there is a lot to be grateful for when it comes to what we were expecting. Man, it could have been a long. We couldn't you know, imagine how hard it would have been to do this podcast if nothing went well. That's true. Maybe it'd be easier because all you would do is talk shit. If we were Browns fans, if we were a Browns podcast for the last 10 years. Yeah. Imagine how hard it is to be a Browns podcaster in the last 10 years. You know? It's got to suck. Uh,. I don't I still know, man. Don't Let's be thankful for. What am I, what? This is bull crap. What's up? Nothing. Sorry. Uh, what am I thankful for? Uh, okay. Something I'm thankful for with the Panthers. Uh, Jeremy Chin, great draft pick. I'm glad we picked him up. He's a really, really solid player. I'm glad he's doing well. Uh, I'll, I'll just say once that way y'all can have it. I don't want to take everybody's because I'm sure there's going to be some overlapping. But Jeremy Chin, uh, very thankful that we drafted that player and he's worked out so well. Uh, I like this one. Um, hum- Humble Flip No Fool says, grateful for this team looking competent. And that's what I I've, yeah. I love that. Okay. And I think that that is a real uh, illustration of the how good this coaching staff has been. And I was, I mean, I wouldn't, I was worried about the coaching staff for much different reasons than other people, right? So some people want to be enemy. And that's why they didn't like Matt Rule, right? It wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with Matt Rule. It was that just could had be to, partially me. Yeah. They had a favorite. Uh, uh, the other thing is, is that like, I didn't think that these guys don't understand football. Like everybody tells me that Joe Brady is the savant, this and that. I mean, I, b- I believe these guys understand football. The real question mark for me was them being able to transition to the big leagues um, and manage all of these things, whether it be Teddy Bridgewater and his injury decision or uh, these roster moves or just getting that where the game plan and the guys were all on the same page. And the, and we were told these guys are great teachers. And I think we've seen that they are. Uh, I think we've seen a defense 
bounced back after a tough week, played really great. I think we see a team that's uh, getting better from week to week with that kind of hiccup when it came to the Buccaneers. And with half rookies, half bums. And there was a quote in The Athletic today. Joe Person said that he's thinking about starting a weekly column where it's just a Rasul Douglas quote. And uh, Rasul Douglas, is it's something, I'm going to paraphrase it just so I don't have to look it up. Probably should have had it written down. And that was, he was like, we're all having fun out here. We're running around, flying around, loving football like we were children, like we were like kids, like having fun playing the game. And he says the yeah. coaches are asking him. He's like, rules coming up to me and asking me if I'm having fun. He said he's like it's great. I mean, like he's really speaking positive. So I think that that's a fantastic thing is that we do the and humble flip no fool says coaching staff looks A plus. I feel like they are trying to outwork the other coaches. And I don't really know is that is I tell you this is that I've seen other teams that don't look competent. Mm. We don't look like that. Well, it, it's it's a matter of competence, and, and you know, one thing that I can give credit to the coaching to, staff to as well, and kind of what we're talking about is just with being they were three and seven, now they're four and seven, not giving up and and not throwing in the towel for the season, and still fighting like they're you know playoff bound or they're a team that's competitive. And I, I'll give them that, you know, like you know, I I don't I didn't like the Matt Rule and the staff and everything hires, but I'll still give them credit where it's due, and that they they've definitely fought through what doesn't look like a good season so far. So. Um, any thoughts on that? Thankfulness for this season? Anything to be grateful for in Panther Nation, CK? Yeah, yeah, I'm thankful. I mean, I, so I think we can we, – we always realize, we remember Matt – or I guess Ron Rivera for a lot of things, and most of them are negative, but we also got to remember he did do a lot for this team as far as like – making us relevant for a while, obviously with the help of Cam Newton. But, you know, I'll tell you this, and I'm not trying to just shit on Ron Rivera all day, but when you see that with five games left in the year, that Brian Burns has 100 more snaps this year than he did last year, I mean, you, you've got to be thankful for a, an organization willing to develop guys or willing to give people a shot. Um, because that's that's just so refreshing to see these young guys out there. Um, I wish they had made the decision to let Jermaine Carter Jr. actually make the start a lot sooner than they did. Yeah. But other than that, outside of that, I mean, you're seeing guys giving a shot, and a lot of them are stepping up to the plate. Um, I'm just I'm thankful for an organization who is wi- you know willing to actually bet on the decisions they've made up to this point. Bottom line, Kevin Boshoven, Boshoven, Boshoven. Boshoven uh, says Joey Sly. Be thankful of that. Uh, and, yeah, man, really yeah. impressive. He's been impressive this year, gotten much more consistent. It's a second-year player, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's going to gr- gain uh, kind of confidence. See, just bouncing around, uh, r- right now, I guess, because of the way Matt Rule discussed, just focusing on the latest news, and we'll get into the calls in just a moment, um, Matt Rule alluded that it was difficult to tell Teddy wasn't going to start or wasn't going to play or be active. You don't know who, if it's like Teddy's like, I can go, I can go, and he says, no, you can't. We don't really know exactly what it's like. We're just kind of piecemealing it together from his press conference. But that kind of alludes or suggests that Teddy will be ready this week. Teddy Bridgewater taking over the helm again. 
given the keys back to Teddy Bridgewater uh, to go and play against his former team, the Vikings, where he suffered that catastrophic leg injury, where he almost like lost his leg. Uh, what yeah. do you guys expect in the Teddy Bridgewater return? What will you be looking for? What are are there anything to talk about beyond that? I mean, it's hard to say, bro. It's hard to say because, I mean, we're not going up against a, a extremely dominant Packers or a Vikings defense. So, I mean, he may actually have an opportunity to do something, um, and that's obviously something that's positive for him. But it's so hard to say. I mean, it's it's hard to make it like make a judgment on what what to see out of out of Teddy Bridgewater because I think we will see him start. I, I Tin Tizzy in the chat says Teddy got told Monday he was riding the bench. Tin Tizzy, I'd like to find like what do you, what do you mean? Where's more information on that? I'd like to hear about that. But um, I don't think they're going to start Walker. I I want them to start Walker. I'll represent like Cody says, like Cody would say on this. He should start the rest of the year. I don't think, or at least until he fails miserably, uh, I don't think that uh, he did he did anything less than what Teddy Bridgewater does. If not, he gave you more options. He opens up the playbook. You give him more time with the uh, starters, and he's going to end up playing a little better. Uh, so with Teddy Bridgewater coming back, I, I what I expect, I expect, you know, 250 yards, an interception, and maybe a touchdown or two. And... Uh, off, off probably 35 passes that that has an average of like what happens if teddy has a bad game huh? what happens if teddy has a bad game what happens i think in if the- you, i think if you start teddy in this game it doesn't matter what he does he's starting the rest of the season uh barring injury okay it's just me personally you know ck your thought is there any way um that PJ Walker, well, actually, I've heard a lot of people saying this is that PJ Walker proved that he should get more time in garbage situations, whether we're getting blown out or be, or we're blowing out someone to get snaps and reps in for him to continue to grow and see if you can enter next year with him being legitimately the backup quarterback. If Teddy Bridgewater struggles in his return, is there what's the storyline? What do you? Is there anything to talk about even, or is it just going to be um, this This team has a lot of confidence in Teddy and, and uh, we're not just going to start flip-flopping because of one bad game? I think that this team has a lot of confidence in Teddy. Like I said, I mean, you've got to you've got to look at this through a, 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 a without the microscope of what happened with the Lions game. Right. right? You've got to you've got to take that out of the equation, because if you just look at the scoreboard it's it's easy to say, oh, we should go ahead and start PJ Walker because this is the first time we've yeah. had us. This is I don't think anybody's win. really saying it and in, in on Mint Street though, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because because I don't think you should totally eliminate the Detroit game. I think you should eliminate the twenty nothing. That made it, if it was if we won twenty to eighteen, that would have looked a whole lot different. But you're you're right that, that I think they're kind of struck by that. But I don't think you should yeah. completely eliminate that game. It's the only game you have. No, no, no. I'm not. Off and of, and of course, I don't say eliminate the, the game. But I think we're going to look at the scoreboard and make that decision based off of that. Yeah, but I you're not going to look at the fact that he is young. He made mistakes, mm-hmm. and in and those are things that come with experience. But are they ready to give him that time? to learn from those those errors and mistakes. Right. I don't know that they are yet. Um, I, I think that Teddy Bridgewater came in here, filled the need, and I think he fits what Joe Brady wants to do with this organization because it's exactly what he did with the Saints and with LSU. 
Um, and and so I think once he that that's something that's comfortable. PJ Walker is uh, is something that allowed him to expand his playbook, and I think he got had a little bit of fun. But I think they're going to go back to to the 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 veteran that they know um, who has been facing. By the way, very difficult competition. I mean, like the, the reason I say we're going to look at the Detroit game, and you're going to people can't look at that and just forget about you know everything else. Right. Yes, we did not win the games that Teddy Bridgewater was in, but Teddy Bridgewater has has kept us, you know, reluctantly to say, has kept us in a lot of tough games against a lot of important, like, big time. Like, if you look at the people we've lost to this year, every one of them, every one of them are possible playoff contenders, except for maybe the Bears. And te- and he, you're right. I, you cannot undersell how much he has done like i know that he's taking a lot of heat on the podcast here and uh but it's really been over one element of his game and that is the conservative you know conservatism of the game Mm -hmm. and it really it's just the it's a stark contrast when you see who was it oh the raiders on sunday night right the raiders are go down and basically win the game. They kick a field goal, or no, they scored a touchdown whenever they're up. Maybe it was. Maybe they get, were up a field goal or something. But dang, Patrick Mahomes goes and drives down, and they score that touchdown to Kelsey in 22 seconds when yeah. everybody knew exactly what they were trying to do. You know what I mean? It's but just a different... That's exactly the problem that we've had as a defense up to this point, though, is we've been the exact... We've been on the opposite end of that, against these guys yeah like we we knew exactly what they were going to do we knew kelsey was going to get the ball and guess what kelsey had one of the best games of his of his of his year of his uh of the season against us because the, you, it's hard to stop that patrick mahomes accounts for so much um and and that's why if again i'm not going to sit here and say that a patrick mahomes comes around every every draft but if watching Patrick Mahomes doesn't make you want a better quarterback, want that type type of a quarterback, that makes that's that type of quarterback is why watching why watching Teddy Bridgewater is so painful for Cody. Yeah, oh that, yeah, hundred percent agree. But not then even, it, you well, don't want to alienate the other home. things that he's doing well, right? It's just there's yeah. a limit. There's a limitation, yeah. and it's either conservatism mm-hmm. or it's arm, arm talent. With, with, yeah. Um, right. All right, Tintizzy, you get some rest. Uh, here's an interesting story on Panthers.com. P.J. Walker's mom recalls a 2018 dream that came true on Sunday. In 2018, she said, I remember I woke up one morning, and it was so weird I had to call him. He's with the Colts at the time, but I told him I dreamed he was playing with the Panthers. All right, so little prophecy there in her dream telling. And... I don't think uh, right now there are any other big storylines when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. Um, You know, obviously you're going to be watching Teddy Bridgewater. You want to see how this defense does against a um, a Minnesota team that has a very competent wide receiver core and Justin Jefferson as well as Adam Thielen. The hot and streaky um, up and down, Kirk Cousins can be problematic, and I think really the real threat to us is Dalvin Cook. So yeah. those are the types of things. Dalvin Cook is is like probably the third best running back in the league. Honestly, I mean he's right up there. Christian McCaffrey, 
Um, I think he leads in yards and touchdowns right now. He's a man, dude. He's a more prototypical running back. <laughs> I think him and Christian McCaffrey are the two best running backs in the NFL when healthy. Nah, man, Alvin Kamara, bro. No, Kamara had white a down cr- year. You got, you got. Neither Dalvin Cook nor Christian McCaffrey when they were when they were healthy has had a down year. Kamara's had down years. I think healthy. it's Christian McCaffrey. And but he's up there. And yeah, he's black there. Christian McCaffrey, which is Alvin Kamara. Like the only he was he had a down year last year and that was it because he was hurt. So um, all right. So when it comes to the Vikings, uh, they are they started off very slow, but they're in the same boat as us. They're four and six. They have not. They've already had their bye week. So we'll be watching that. I think the the big story and the big focal point will, but for us or for me, is going to be on the defensive side of the ball less than when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I want to go ahead and encourage everybody to be part of the conversation. The number is 252-228-5098. And what is today? Today is the 24th, right? Make sure I get the right cat calls in here. Let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls. You can be a part of the show. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Hey, Tony. Hey, hey Cody. Hey, guys. This is kind of a truck from Elizabeth City. Um... After the win yesterday, Sunday, against Detroit, um, listening to you guys' podcast last night, uh, I just kind of really wanted to temper the expectations of P.J. Walker. <laughs> Teddy's ready to go. They're going to put him out there. Look, I, I think P.J. did an adequate job. He did good. The one positive I did see, P.J. Moore did not have to wait on the ball like he would with Cam, with his mm-hmm. shoulder, uh, like he had Teddy. With Teddy. Um, P.J. Walker's got a rocket. He threw it out there. D.J. didn't have to wait. We can score with this kid. There's no doubt about that. His two picks worried me. The first one worried me the most, although I think the second pass was worse. We were up 7 and nothing in a game that was unclear who was going to win. Stafford had to fumble because of his thumb. we got to capitalize when a good quarterback, even though he's struggling right now, that team's struggling in Detroit. A, a, a good team will capitalize on the turnover like that. They give yeah. it this point. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at my buddy watching the game. Saying, you know, we need a touchdown. we got to have a touchdown. But if we don't, we can't turn the ball over. we got to at least put three on the board. we got to have a two-possession move. And he threw that pick. And I was really disappointed. I mean, can't do that. And the second pick, I, I read online where someone said that, you know, he was trying to throw it away. But he threw it like deep, three Detroit lines around. We didn't have a pants in the area. I'm like, where the hell is he throwing the ball? Um, we need more tape on him. Put him in against Minnesota. Minnesota's a little bit better of a team. It's on the road. You know, they'll get game film on him. It might not be the same thing, but we need to get more of a look. And as far as Will Greer, if, if I'm uh, Marty Herney, I'm a little worried looking over my shoulder. He put a lot of emphasis on Lamas there when they drafted Will Greer, that he was the best quarterback in the draft, better than Kyler Murray. Um, just they had him rated so high, and we picked him in the third round when we could have had a guy. And I, Tony, I believe you mentioned yourself, we could have had a guy like the safety slash slot corner that went to New Orleans on uh, Chelsea Johnson Gardner, 
I think that's his name. When we needed a position like that, we could have gotten a guy like that. And we take Will Greer, and I know Will Greer was awesome in college, but if he's going to grow his hair and beard out a little like he's off of that going Duck Dynasty, he's got to do a little bit, but he's got to get in these games off. He can't. We have really, Ernie really dropped the ball on that pick. And I'm starting to look at him since he's come back with that pick and the golden pick um, as far as cutting a player after a year and a half that we drafted high. Uh, Second, third rounders, they're not paying it out. It's got to do a little bit better. Although I like your chin picking. Uh, here's part two of the call. Yeah, this is Chuck in Elizabeth City, part two of my call. Um, just to kind of reiterate what I was talking about, uh, PJ Walker, we got to have a little bit more game tape and um, see what we got. I don't want to play for draft position here, guys, and get a quarterback. That's not guaranteed. Um, Let's try to win as many as we can and, and go out with a bang. Uh, I think that we need a corner or, you know, to get offensive line depth, but I really would like to get Parsons a linebacker at Penn State. I think we need to get a linebacker. Um, and speaking of linebacker, I noticed in that game yesterday, I didn't even pay attention to it, but, you know, Carter did play, and I didn't hear Tyler Whitehead's name the whole day. And no pun intended, but – Whitehead has been a blemish on the face of our defense. So what does Phil Snow do? He put the pimple cream on, and the next thing you know, the girl who won't go out on a date because she's got a, a bunch of bits on her face, all of a sudden she's very beautiful and she goes out and gets a win. Um, Whitehead's definitely got to go. I think Scott Thompson backed his words up, and he played well yesterday, although he did have the interception he dropped. Overall, guys, I, like I said, I like where we're heading. Minnesota's really going to be a critical game because they're fighting for a playoff spot. If we can win this game, I think we get a bye, and then we got Green Bay. If somehow we can pull out a couple of wins and get close to 500 with the last two games left, we've got a shot at that last seed. Kind of excites me saying that we're fighting. But, you know, temporary expectations, see what happens, guys. Keep pounding. Love the podcast. Man, I appreciate the call, and um... – I think first is always brings in great measured points. One is, yeah, let's pump the brakes a little bit on the PJ Walker love. And we were part of that excitement uh, after the game. And it was nice to see him coming out and, you know, leap, you know, being part of leading us to a win. And I think one of the things that was really exciting about the, is the way it happened is yes, those two interceptions were, they were the reality check of the PJ Walker moment. Imagine if he would have thrown two touchdowns there, or even just one. Even just yeah, one we touchdown. would have been like, "Oh my God, PJ Walker is the next Mike Vick, yo! He is the next <laughs> Mike Vick." That's what he reminds me of. He looks like he could play like Mike Vick. Um, but I think one of the things is is that one is PJ did a good job in a in a difficult situation. You know, NFL first start. Oh, sure, he wasn't playing the the greatest competition, and their offense didn't really put us in a come-from-behind kind of moment. The exciting part about P.J. Walker, though, was the way we got our points in some moments, and they just did come on some explosive plays. And I was talking with some people on Twitter, and they were like, oh, well, that one pass to DJ, but that's the only one I remember. The Curtis Samuel touchdown, I think, has to be considered an explosive play. 
And then I think the other one to me that was like a really exciting play, and I don't know if you would call it an explosive play, was that when he's scrambling right and DJ comes back to yes, the ball and, and he throws through, that like, missile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was either a third or a fourth down conversion. So I think that brought, you know, just some excitement to the situation. But yeah, Teddy is the guy, right? We know that. We or I mean, I and I think that um, people are interested in seeing is what is Teddy uh, PJ, what's his role going to be like in the future with the organization? He's only twenty five years old, so he's not an old timer. He's younger than his counterpart. And I think that uh, that's where the real conversation probably goes is what does this mean for Will Greer now, guys? And um, do you think that that this that starting PJ Walker says that Will Greer is not the guy, like, or he's not he's not going to have a spot here in the future? And I I, I think it kind of feels that way to me. Yeah, I, I definitely do because. You know, before PJ Walker started, it was always they were saying we're alternating who's the backup is Greer and uh, Greer and Walker, and it just happened to be the two times that Bridgewater went out, Walker was the guy who went to the backup that week. Well, that would have meant that last week should have been Will Greer's turn to be the backup, which would have inherently been the starter based on the fact that Teddy Bridgewater was out, and they picked Walker. So I feel like that right there was a statement that they were going back and forth about who was going to be the starter, Greer or not starter, but the backup, Greer or Walker. Now they've definitively made that decision. Walker is the number two guy. I don't see I I don't want to hold three quarterbacks and I don't see them holding Will Greer. I feel like it's just a waste of draft pick. So I um CK, your thoughts on to hear white the pop in the whitehead. Uh and getting clearing up our facial complexion on defense. If Jermaine Carter Jr. continues to play well, do you think we I'm, – I'm going to be watching this week to see if the same difference in speed looks like it is around. We look like a faster defense this past week with him on the field, and he's not a barn burner by any means, but he is athletic and he tackles hard, man. What are you going to be? What are your thoughts on Whitehead going forward, or how this defense is progressing in his absence? He might not be here. Am I talking about myself? Case here, yeah. Did he leave? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened. I see. I see his still picture, but I don't see his oh. face. Nope, he must have stepped out. I'm sitting here uh, talking to myself. Okay. Repeat that question again. I was going to say me. My question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was like, uh, about yeah, faster, is that right? di- our, we look faster without Whitehead out there. We popped the Whitehead and our complexion cleaned up. Now, I mean, it's not the best of, you know, opponents. But if mm-hmm. you continue to see that speed in the middle and the other guys, we see the benefit around that. I think it's going to become clear that, man, our handicap was part on the field at the time. I. I agree. And, you know, I, th- I think that we are a better defense without a whitehead just based on what we saw. Now, once again, you've got to take everything into consideration. You know, it was one game. Detroit. It was Detroit, even though Detroit had one more win than us. So it's not like they were a terrible team. If we're going to consider us to be a good team, and, and they have to be as well with a, one more win. And we also had whitehead play against Atlanta, who, while their record doesn't show for it, I think has a better offense than Detroit. And, you know, I mean, there's so many things you got to take into consideration, but I feel like, yes, we, we were faster. I feel like, yes, our defense felt like they played better. 
I don't know, may, maybe, maybe, uh, what's his name? Shaq Thompson's speech lit a fire in some people. And hopefully it did. That'd be awesome if it did. Uh, but we, we looked better without Whitehead. And you're right. I'm glad we popped that Whitehead because I don't know. The question is, are, is, are we going to see him again? That's, yep. that's the big thing is, is the coaching question. Yeah. Yeah. That is a big thing is, um, all right. So y- y'all in chat got to smash that thumbs up, but man, there's over 40 people watching. We only got 19 likes right here. I know you, we don't got your favorite person, Code Dizzle, my Cody Lashney and uh, not Code Dizzle. He's over here being quite playing <laughs> mime somewhere. Uh, Cody Lashney, but you can still smack a thumbs up button. I like this comment in the chat room. This might be the best case scenario for the team. Teddy has to watch that Lions tape and see that he'll need to play better. If Teddy starts slinging it and we're winning games, then sign me up. You know, I think there is there's something to that. Is um, it's nice when you don't feel like your your spot's given to you. And I don't think that you know Teddy has just felt like everything's been given to him on a silver platter. But he was brought in here to be the starter. You know, it's always nice to have the young bucks chasing and nipping at the heels. All right, that always that internal competition, just at least if it's internal drive. I think uh, the other thing is that's really interesting or, or kind of intriguing is that we did see these guys make these big explosive plays, and that's been the kind of criticism. And we don't, you know, we've tried to figure out if it's offensive line, we've tried, and I'll keep going back to this is I have, there's three parts to the equation of why the Panthers haven't been going deep with mm-hmm. Teddy, right? There's one part of the equation is the offensive line. The question is the, is the time there, you know, it's not the best offensive line, but it's not the worst in some ways, but that is a factor. Another factor is, is Teddy's arm strength is a factor. Mm-hmm. And the third factor is really, I think, what, what for me is the overriding one. It's just he is more conservative in nature, um, and you know, just has the tendency to not just chunk it when he thinks he sees it. Or I don't know, I don't know what it is. And and so one, yeah. if you can't fix the offense, he can't fix the offensive line. Teddy can't fix the offensive line. But he can't. Just saw the offensive line can hold for you to throw a deep ball, though. Right, right. And the other thing right. is, is he can't fix his arm strength. Right, his arm is his arm at this mm-hmm. point. But maybe watching this tape can say, you know what, we need to be a little bit more aggressive, Teddy. You can mm-hmm. be more aggressive. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like that that take in the chat room. Thanks, Slim Jimma, Jenna, Slim Jimma, Slim Jimma yeah. in the house. I wonder if that's. Uh, Hold on. Um, name will come to me in a second. All right. Let's go to part three of the call, actually. Hi, Tony. Uh, Cody, guys. This is Chuck calling from Elizabeth City. Yes, this is my third call of the evening. Uh, but one thing I got sitting down thinking about that yesterday I come to the revelation um, of something we've got to change. And I've been a big fan of Ian Thomas. But Ooh. we've got to have a true tight end. Greg's gone. Great. You know, I think we made the right move there, letting him go. That's proven with his injuries and his age. Um, Ian Thomas just is not blown. I have no problem with him being the second tight end. We're not getting enough from him to be the number one. And man hurts. You know, he's a blocking tight end. He dropped a sure fire pass yesterday. It would have been a first down. 
Yeah, um, what to end the game, put us in victory mode. We don't draft one high, of course, but we just find one, you know, second, third, fourth round in this draft coming up, or we're going to have to target somebody in free agent. And I hate to kind of do that because we're going to overspend, but we're going to have to find a diamond in the rough. And, and maybe other teams have done it. Maybe we can be lucky enough. But I think it's time. We, you know, our quarterbacks need a safety valve and a really good tight end. I think with Christian coming back and and having uh, a really good tight end. It'll make a world of difference in this offense, especially with the receivers that we have. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre seeing an offense that has no tight end involvement in it. Maybe it's because we've been so accustomed to having the tight end as our main receiver for a long time. I mean, arguably, Greg Olson was our best receiver. And then on top of that is there was the year that was Cam's rookie year where you had Olson and Shockey. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't seen, I've never even seen it. Um, I've never seen an offense where the tight end was used any less than ours. Yeah, bro. Okay. So I'm looking here at the tight ends that are free agents this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and keep in mind, these are ones that can definitely be shored up before the end of the year. Um, I mean, there's not a tremendous amount of number. Like, you're, I'm not going to come out and tell you, like, there's 15 free agent tight ends that we would want to target. But number one is Hunter Henry. Uh, yeah. Number two is Rob Gronkowski. Uh, number three is Jared Cook. No. Okay. Isn't he with the uh, New Orleans Saints? Jared, Jared Saints? Cook is too old, man. If you're, unless but you're going to sign can, for a one-year deal, the he's not. Joe Brady, he's 34. The Teddy Bridgewater. He's 34, exactly. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm 35, so I don't want to think 34 is old. But for a football player, a tight end in that kind of position, you're not going to want to sign a guy to be 34 years old to be your next. Rob the Gronkowski is only 32. I felt like he was like almost 40. Wow, yeah, I, I know. Thought he, I thought he was Man, about 34, ha- 35. Well, that's wow. what happens yeah. when you party all night and then – and take as many hits as he did. Yeah, I remember, you guys remember when he was getting injured all the time and his dad came out and said, I want him to retire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he said he got his body back. I thought it was a, uh, I like, he had a little pregame conversation with Randy Moss before their game on Monday night. And it was funny because he was like, blocking tight ends don't get paid squat. You catch the ball though, and you a tight end, you get paid. <laughs> he said, "I ain't oh, yeah. getting, I ain't yeah. catching the ball anymore. I, was, I ain't getting paid or whatever." But uh, you know, it is kind of bizarre. It's also, it to me, the strangest thing about this is how Ian Thomas is not involved still. Like I, I yeah. thought that he showed this is his second year or third year. This is his, I think, maybe even longer than that. This no, may be his no, fourth year. No, I'm no, not it's sure. Either, this is third at the years. most. Let's see. I'm going to look it up. What's his name again? Who is it? Ian, Tom- Ian Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. He was drafted in I 2018, mean, so it's his third year. Okay, third year. Uh, seems like he's doing the, the team part forever. Of it is, is like they're not making it. Like, it he had 36 either, catches his for his rookie year. He had 16 last year. He had 12. He has 12 this year. But that's the problem that I'm, I'm seeing. Like, I, I, we can go back to my original statement and say I'm refreshed to see them giving opportunities. What I'm learning now with this coaching staff is either they don't have faith and they've seen enough to know that he isn't the answer, or they don't have an offensive. Their their offense is not tight end specific. 
Like and I think that could really be part of it because we only yeah. went into this season with two tight ends on the roster. Yeah. And I have well, never even heard of that because, to be honest, you always have the two that you're going to play in a game if you do, what is it, the formation where you put in the two tight end set. But I had always heard Ron Rivera and them and Herney and all these guys say that we kept a third tight end on the roster for, like, a field goal, like things you didn't see, extra points. Special teams. Yeah, yeah these really types good. of places where you need extra guys on the line that are – not just all offensive linemen, but can be blockers. Yeah. And this team felt comfortable going into the season. I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but they didn't even have a guy, a guy. Like, mm -hmm. what happens if you would have gotten injured? If if Ian Thomas got injured, they're just, like, picking from a scrap heap somewhere. Uh, mm -hmm. That's kind of where I think you're right, CK, is, is this partially just a scheme that's not interested in the tight ends? Yeah. And if we go and look at the history of the New Orleans Saints under the Sean Payton offense, they has their tight yet. end ever really been a large, large part? I always feel yes. like they have a name, though. They always have a name recycling in, but they brought it. Remember, we t we poached Ben Watson from them. He worked for a little while. They got uh, they got the dude from Indianapolis. They but here's Jimmy the thing: Graham, they the reason, Cook. yeah, they've <laughs> they, they've okay. had them. But here's the thing, Greg, and this is why I agree with Tony's point: they've let every one of them walk. They've traded mm -hmm. them away. Yeah, like, well, and they never are consistent in fantasy. Yeah, I got. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Well, here, here's my thing: I think it's it's very weird, and I agree with y'all that it looks like what they've done is they've made it so that way we're not a. Uh, Tight uh, offense is predicated on the on the tight end being a big part of the offense, you know. But for some reason, it's it's just weird because if that's the case, why are we dinking and dunking so much? Because generally, an offense that passes underneath and has a lot of shorter passes, has those pass catching tight end exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I don't think y'all are wrong. I think y'all are actually right because of, based on what we have going in with two two tight ends this season, like it seems like that, but. If you're going to be like that, you would think you would have more explosive down the field type offense rather than a shorter, more conservative offense. I feel like a tight end is a safety valve for a more conservative offense. And I thought that uh, Joe Brady's idea was to just spread the field out. So you put the tight end, tight even end. if he yeah. was chipping and then running into a route. Uh, but just, we do a lot of five wide receiver sets, don't we? What you mean, like no backfield, like zero back? Yeah. Yeah, zero back, we have, uh, you know, where a tight end would be, we have a wide receiver. So, I mean, we still have the pieces out there on the field to right. spread the defense around. That's a good point, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just that we don't have that tight end aspect, which, to me, what you're getting out of a tight end is less about, you know, he's going to take the top off of a defense or anything like that, but it's going to make the linebackers focus more on them, which, I mean, if you have a fifth receiver in there, they're going to do that anyway. So I'm not really sure that a, a, I mean, obviously a good tight end would definitely help the offense, but I'm not sure that it would take us over the top. Right, know? right. Um, Aside up? from red zone offense, you know yeah. that would be a big part. Yeah, yeah, a big tight end, a big target would help out in the red zone. Shout out to Shane Welch, KD, Carl Van, um, Nick Montiero, all in the chat room. Joey the Blind Panther, Carl Van coming in. He's firing shots already. That's my boy, Carl. He said, what's up, cam sexuals? 
And I would, and uh, I would say I just saw Carl get out of damn the back of Teddy Bridgewater's van. Oh, oh, hey, the BD. No, um, yeah, is Teddy Bridgewater drives a minivan? That's like that's why they love him. And did you see this article? Now, um, I don't know if you guys got to see it. Go check out Cody Lashney's Twitter page, and maybe I can pull it up real quick. Is I'm going to pull it up uh, on the next... I'm going to go ahead and play the next call and then pull this up. Because Cody went crazy and ballistic after... Who's the sports writer nobody likes? David Newton? And I was like, man, I felt like, Cody, that's even a little too hard. And and then I read the passage and I was like, man, that was justified. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the next call. 252-228-5098. I'm going to start it again because it is not loud enough. A and B, I was talking. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Uh, Cody, guys, this is Chuck calling from... Oh, that's the same guy. Hey, this is Brandon from Minnesota. Ooh. Um, I didn't watch quite all of the post-game show, but um, so maybe somebody brought this point up. But I wanted to say that I felt like people were super excited about B.J. Walker and Definitely was too, but I feel like we had a good date with PJ Walker, but we don't need to plan to marry him quite yet. We got to see how he does um, as we see him against some different teams and some film gets out there on him. So we see how teams react to him and how he reacts to, you know, what they're throwing at him in the future. And I also agree with Bat Daddy who said that he feels like Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to come back. I think that Matt Rule specifically picked Teddy Bridgewater, and I think it's going to be really tough for Matt Rule to say, hey, I was wrong on that one. But it is an opportunity for us to see what Matt Rule is about. Is he somebody you can say, hey, I made a mistake? Because that's real leadership. You don't always make the right decisions on everything. But if you can stand up and say, hey, I did this one wrong, but I'm going to change my um change what I'm doing, and we're going to do it better next time. I think that that was one of the problems we kind of had with Ron Rivera at the end was that he didn't blame himself for anything, and he didn't want to change anything because he thought he was always right. So let's see what happens with um, that rule. Hopefully he you know does the thing that's best for the team. And I don't agree with the people that felt like we really wanted to end an 11-game losing streak because I think that you can get the stink on you, like Tony said, and even if we were going to get a great quarterback, I still think that stink is really something you got to um, stop from having happen on the team. So hopefully Matt Rule can help to create the uh, um, kind of culture we want in Carolina, and we can start seeing a lot of wins in the future. Keep pounding. I love that call. Um, I, I agree 100%. Is that a nice date with P.J. Walker? It was pleasantly better than you expected. You know you're matched up with somebody, your mom, put you together with some late girl from church and it's pleasantly better than you expected. Uh, I don't think we got to go crazy and plan the wedding just yet. I think though, and I don't even think either that we should start talking quarterback controversy necessarily in, in Carolina. I know that Cody was taking a strong position on that. Teddy shouldn't see another snap. I think it's an interesting, you know, I mean, it's it's an aggressive kind of position, but you know, they are they believe Teddy. They they've they've thought, or at least they've said that publicly. They've been so supportive yeah. of him, and 
Um, I think it would be a stab in the back to, to I, I don't think you do that, right? I don't even think it would be a good message to the team, to be honest. I think the real question, though, is what happens if Teddy struggles consecutively? What happens if he gets in, you know, if he, if he struggles, if not just one game, but, you know, we go on a four-game losing streak, he's playing bad. What do you do? Do you do, you do anything? Do you just keep banging the square peg through the round hole? I think another question is, what about injury? You know, what happens if something else gets nicked up? I mean, obviously that'll make that kind of problem or paradox a little bit easier for you. I think one thing I want to see, I'd be interested to see, so that Kansas City game, when we trotted out Joey Sly and Wendy Arrowhead to try to kick a 67-yard field goal, I think that was a real statement that they that Teddy just couldn't get it downfield. Like they yeah. just didn't think that like it would just be ten yards short. So there was zero chance there. So there's also zero you know, maybe what about like doing something like New Orleans where they bring in Taysom Hill to throw that ball? Maybe we bring in T- oh, we did I, that we did that last year. If or maybe two years ago. Do you remember when Cam came in? And they like that last play. They brought in uh, like it was 2018. They like at that last half of the season before anybody you know actually confirmed he had a shoulder injury. They brought in somebody to do the hell mary for him. I did so. I don't think Teddy's injured shoulder wise, right? I mean, I, I mean, I, no, but, no. But what I mean is, we've done that as an organization before. Yeah, I would be. I, I'm just looking for evidence. Like, we're looking for clues. Like, we're a podcast of the Panther Detectives looking for any breadcrumb or fingerprint that tells us what's going in, going on in the way this team is yeah. being built. Well, we, and, we obviously dig very deep into everything that happens because that is what this is meant to be, right? I mean, if somebody says something on the podium, it could be taken one of two ways. And a lot of times, one way is very favorable and the other way is not. And you can read between the lines. You know, we can, we can, if they make an action and that action indicates to us that, hey, maybe they don't have as much faith in Teddy's arm as, as they, you know, once did, or maybe, you know, we thought they did. And that, you know, not doing Hail Marys right now, we have not done a Hail Mary all year, even when it was a scenario where it was clearly needed. You know, we they almost put, they we did that cool play against the Chargers, man. We did that cool play against the Chargers where we threw it and then they pitched it. Oh, and it was going to be a touchdown. You, do you remember yeah. that where they threw like they yeah. ran that whatever it was? It was a design play like that. But that's what I'm saying is is that if you did have to throw a hail mary and you don't think Teddy could do it, there the, the are we'd be looking to see if PJ goes in there. It tells us something about their thoughts. And look, they said it on the dang broadcast over and over that PJ had the strongest best arm. That's kind of a the, crazy the organization thing. To hear. Told them that like, that's insane. They're being told by people from the organization that he has by far the best arm on the team. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder what best arm means, too, because I know that everybody that's a Teddy Bridgewater apologist is going to talk about his 73% completion percentage and all this stuff. And I get that. But my question is, would you rather have I, I, just, I just feel like would you rather have three touchdowns and, and 220 yards or one touchdown and 300 yards? 
is right. my question with that. And that, that's kind of, I think if I was going to Teddy Bridgewater, if know? I was Teddy Bridgewater and I heard anybody say that PJ Walker had the best arm, I would just drop my pants. <laughs> I'd be like, well, what about my baby arm? It looks better. <laughs> it yeah. looks bigger. Yeah. Um, all right, two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What's going on, C Student Nation? It's your boy Jay Anderson. What up, Jay? Um, a couple of things I wanna I wanna say. First, the whole you know everybody. The te- I think Teddy needs to sit. I know you want to have this revenge game and go back to Minnesota. That's cool, but dude, you had a um, knee injury. I think he needs to sit. You know, you get sit this game out. You got week four. You know, you got to buy a week, and then just and come and come back week fourteen. I mean, that, I mean, just I mean, what after the bye week? Just come back after the bye week and be ready. Um, if people are, you know, if the Teddy stands, you know, want him healthy, then he he needs to sit this game out. He definitely just need to sit this game out. Um, the other thing, you know, David Newton, man. David Newton is a trash beat writer. He's an absolute, he's an absolutely (laughs) worst. And I think ESPN loves that because, you know, the way he trashes Cam Newton and, you know, ESPN loves that. He, I mean, dude, if you want to, if you want to, you know, you know, celebrate Teddy. That's cool, but you ain't got a dog out Cam Newton for all he has done for, yeah, all, that's, that for the Carolina Panthers right. organization. Right? It was like that is just that is just trash. He's been trash for years. That's one thing that Panthers fans can all agree on that nobody likes David Newton. He is absolute trash. He is absolute the worst, and I can't stand this clown behind. Um, last on the good note, even on even on the sad note, but. I like to, you know, thinking about the whole, you know, this Thanksgiving week. It just makes me think about that time, 2015, when the Panthers beat the, took over Jerry's world, beat the Cowboys like no yeah. other. I remember that um that whole week, when my coworkers just was talking about Dallas going to win a three seventeen, going to beat a ten and a ten and O team, and I was. I just hold my breath. I just like you know, wait till the game. Wait till the game is over. And that month, and that that Monday when they came back, they couldn't say a damn thing. That was such an awesome game. I love that game. You know, I you know I wish I can re I relive that in my mind every Thanksgiving. I like y'all boys. Jay Anderson is in my head, bro. He's in my brain, man. Like he's going after the David Newton thing. But before we go to the David Newton thing, I think we should wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Agreed. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy here, and here, I'm going to do it by doing this. Let's, Let's talk turkey. An educational An film educational strip presented, film strip. By, presented by... And he went two of them back this, of them back this year. Third and six. Third and six. Oh, 
by Kurt Coleman. Coleman breaks the, and Coleman Coleman breaks the he's tackle. At the 10. He's at gets the 10. Around. Gets he's around. Gonna find he's going to find Carolina. the end zone. Carolina. 59. 59. All right, that's a little happy Thanksgiving from uh, CK, yeah, from the C3 family. CK as well, I'm sure, is wishing you a thanks- <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Uh, no, no, is, uh, no, as soon as I was thinking about tonight's show, the first thing that came to mind, and I think will come to mind for a generation of Panther fans, on Thanksgiving Day, being able to watch your own team, right? I mean, Dallas, you get to watch Dallas. If you're a Dallas fan, you watch them every year. You watch the Lions sure. every year. But yeah. it's it's really great when your team plays one of those teams on that day because it makes it special, you know? Um, you're overstuffed. You're with your family. You're running out of gas at that point in the evening from eating so much and hanging out with everybody. And I was uplifted by that game, and I remember the excitement. So I went back and pulled those clips. Jay Anderson, if you're li- you're, you're listening right now, later on, you got to go back and watch the live podcast because I just put up uh, a little kind of montage video I made out of ridiculous stuff I found on the Internet. That little turkey, by the way, running in the middle of that video, I know that C- – I don't know if CK saw it, but it, Greg saw yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, that mm-hmm. turkey running was, I found, I told you I was in the rabbit hole mm-hmm. on archive.org. Mm-hmm. There was one video that was uploaded by some TV station, and it was 19, or somebody, and it was 1992 Thanksgiving commercials. Oh, and wow. so there is an hour, you can go watch an hour-long video that is just Thanksgiving Day commercials from 1992 that turkey is one of those commercials is part of that commercial anyway um just what a thanksgiving that was so i went back and i pulled the clips for that game we had two defensive scores in that game we kicked like five field goals cam only had one rushing touchdown no our offense didn't do anything and we stopped them our offense did very little. Graham Gano had a hell of a game, so that was a that was an interesting uh, a game that we'll all remember. Yeah, uh, and it was fun, and it was fun for Thanksgiving. Uh, who is who's playing on Thanksgiving this week this this year? Mm, I don't even know, man. I think the Redskins in Dallas are uh, the Washington football team. Oh, that's right. That's it. Um, that's the, like the worst, awesome, best game, right? Don't, I mean, <laughs> that's the worst ter- best game I've ever seen. It's terrible. It's you are rooting yeah. for my friend is a, um, he's a Washington football team fan. And, uh, he is just, these guys are just excited to just like their whole season to them is made by just ruining um Dallas's season. Like they they don't care. Like if they just sweep Dallas, they're fine. They don't care what it means for their team. They're a half game back from first place in their division, dude. They they could they're the hottest team in that division right now. They could make the playoffs. 
right, let's go to. I want to bring this up. Is I'm put, I'm gonna read it off for you guys. It's so sad to think that. By the way, it is so sad to think that they need to take that away. That does not need to be the way they have the, the playoffs. It needs to be straight up record. I'm sorry. They need to get rid of divisions, not divisions in football as far as playing. Yeah, as yeah, far yeah. as if you win your division, you're an automatic playoff team. No, they need to get rid of that. It needs to be it needs to be record based. Period. I'm so tired of this. I was tired of it when we did it because we had. To I, hear I agree. We, we didn't deserve. I don't want to see a team that doesn't deserve to be. Or there maybe they the should be seated differently at the very least. I think well, there might be. Sure. I think it might be like a. Like you know, we have more teams in the playoffs. If you're going to have it that way, I think the three teams. I think I'm glad that they improved to the um to the three teams that they did. But if it, it, it after this year, because I'm telling you, if you look at this these this NFC East, it is very possible these guys win their division with five wins. It's 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 more than likely going to be seven. But yeah, you're right. It's very possible they, yeah. because they got to play each other a lot still. Do they have a lot of uh, inter-conference games? Still? I think there are still a few left for each team. Yeah, at least two left for each team. But but either either way, I mean, you're right. Some team's going to win with an under 500 record and and make the playoffs. Which once again, we did that, and I know that. But at the same time, I just I would I would rather not see a team in the playoffs that doesn't deserve. God, it. and we almost won. We had yeah. a home game. First of all, we had a home playoff game. Yep. I will say this is that the only, and I say that phrase all the time. Why do I say that so much? I will say this. Yeah. I don't know why I say it so much. Um, (laughs) I remember that. I will say this. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that uh, the reason that I hated Colin Kaepernick was, had nothing to do with the kneeling and the flag. It was because he did the Superman in Charlotte in our hometown, like he scored against our defense and then did the cam celebration in our end zone and then buttoned and it ripped up. it off, yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, I hate this dude. And so um, that's the fun thing is I hated Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick before everybody else. Um, so I saw this tweet from Cody today. I got it uh, on the screen. And I thought, man, you know, because Cody can fire, he can get rowdy a little every now and then. Yeah. He said, hey there, and he at at some, hey there, at David Newton ESPN. Just wanted to remind you that you're absolutely, that you absolutely fucking suck as a beat reporter. (laughs) And there are no Panther fans that actually respect you because of the shit you write. How you continuously disrespect this franchise and its great players. Fuck you. I, so I read the tweet and I was like, ah, Cody. Oh my. Like, what, what, what if David Newton sits down in his bathroom at night by himself reading that tweet? Oh, don't worry. He reads hundreds yeah. of those, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. So then I clicked on the picture that was posted with it. And I was kind of like, all right, I think. So now this is what it says. It says, well, David Newton posted this. The typical what we are thankful like we did earlier in the show. I know it's so cornball. Yeah. What are we thankful for? What? They're thankful for, he put QB, Teddy Bridgewater. Quote, moving on from franchise quarterback Cam Newton drew criticism and angst from many outside of Bank of America Stadium, but Bridgewater has proved to be everything the coaching staff was looking for and more. He has handled the transition with class and dignity and has shown that he is more than worthy of replacing the best quarterback quarterback 
maybe the best player in franchise history. Bridgewater has shown you can perform at a high level and be humble and fun-loving without being the center of attention as Newton often was because of his celebrity status. So after I read that, I was like, uh, yeah, fuck you too. Um, And I get what Cody was saying and now or why Cody was pissed off. And I think that that's what Jay Anderson and people in the chat room were saying is, you know, is all right. You guys told us that Cam Newton was on the mind so much. Right. Y'all, I mean, Carl came up in here and said, what's up, Cam Sexuals? It's kind of funny, though. I wish he would have come up that earlier when he was here when I was really ready to give it up for him. Uh, (laughs) But no, is that at the same time, it's like the anti-Cam fans can't give it up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, 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 And it's partially our fault, right? It's partially our fault because we did for a good portion of after Cam left, we were salty about it and we just wanted to constantly talk about it. And then we came to a point where we were tired of talking about it. And now it is just all they want to say is everything they possibly can to put Cam down, right? Like, or to make it, see, we told you Cam, like even when there is nothing that can be done to, uh, he's in a shitty situation with the Patriots. By the way, coming off of a two-win streak where he's actually been playing pretty well. Really well. But they still, you know, it's still going to come back and say, you know, Cam Newton's not good or Teddy Bridgewater is doing more than what Cam Newton could do with this offense or anything like that. I mean, I'm tired of I'm tired of people trying to shit on Cam when he can't even defend himself on the team anymore, right? I think his history on the team is all you need to know, and he has he is by far the best player this franchise has ever seen, um, or at least most important this franchise has ever seen. Correct. They they did lose this past week, though. Mm. That's right. Well, they lost, but Cam Newton was not the reason. Balled out. He was the number one quarterback. 20, in yeah, the but all right. So it's still kind of the regular story for Cam. Here's no rushing. Is no the, rushing the re- uh, touchdowns. 26 for 40, 365. Big game. 365, one touchdown. Burr had a big game, too. Yeah. Here's the thing it, it is no That's matter what real Cam does, it's, it's going to be. Do what? Demir Bird is like my real non-Panther favorite player. Somebody asked me this. Game. I thought this was a cool question, and I'll ask you guys this. Go ahead and say your statement. Think about this, CK, while he's saying it. If you bought a jersey for a player who wasn't a Panther, who would it be? Like if you bought, you know, if you bought one jersey okay. for a non-Panther player, who would it be? All right, go ahead, Greg, with your point. I, I know mine, but I'll, I'll do it. This um, the thing about Cam Newton is. I think that the reason why they're lashing out like that is because of hurt dog whimpers, man. I think that if Cam Newton ends up having a better season with the worst team in the same situation that Bridgewater was in coming off injury with a new team, no OTAs throw you out, throw everything you want to at me, you know, Teddy Bridgewater apologist about that. Cam Newton's in the same situation with a, with a worst, uh, you know, a worse, um, you know, team to play with. If he does better than Bridgewater this year, then that's a slap in the face to front office and coaching for Carolina because not only did you waste money, but you wasted opportunity. And I think that I think that whenever you start to whimper like this and you start to say stuff like this, it's because you see, um maybe, maybe we made the wrong decision here. Maybe we wasted a little money. Maybe we should have stuck with him one more year. Even if he finished the year seven and nine, 
then guess what? He's done with his contract. I, Get rid of him. You can do what you want to do. But I think th- I think that's what that is. That they they realize maybe we messed up. We're trying to save a little face here. I'm more with Jay Anderson though. Is that I have less of a problem now with turning the page on Cam. You know, like each and every week we talk about him less. Yeah, yeah. You know, it seems like other well, people because time because time and I'm, all wounds, I'm fine with know? I'm fine with what Teddy Bridgewater has done. You know, what I mean, he's not necessarily disappointed me. Okay, in what I expected mm-hmm. out of him, I didn't know. I mean, he's like kind of met like the the whole team has sort of exceeded expectations. That is true. You did you did just win four games this year, and that's I, I just I think was yeah, three yeah. or four games this year. So yeah, that's right where yeah, we're at. So you're right. Yeah. You you're right on point. So, so I can't, I can't but the that. thing yeah. with this is that is like. These are all innuendo jabs about Cam's personality, about yeah, this, right. right? It's all, it's the very, it's, it's kind of the shit that I said that what race, like the embedded racism in the language of, of football talk for decades. Cam no, no, has no, no. an embedded racist language, and it's not even it's not based on race for him, or maybe it's based it is on personality, right? It's right. based on what he has, and this is stereotyping. This yes. is what this is. Yeah, this and is, it's not because he's this, black in this case; it's because he is. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just he has a personality they that's would call like Cam a diva in that respect. Mm-hmm. Because of the way he dresses and and everything that's like that, a good, they, call, that's they would the, put that's him in that the category. Term. Yes. Which, by the way, if you want to talk about diva, Cam Newton is far from diva. If you want to put somebody like Deion Sanders in that category or Ocho Cinco, I mean, Cam For Newton Lowen's. is not. A, yeah, yeah, Cam Newton is not a. Honestly, he's pretty mild. The problem is Cam Newton's a quarterback acting like a defensive end. That's you know what, what it is. is. Nobody can get over the Super Bowl and walking away from the microphone. They've I hated him before that. Because, yeah, no, 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 I agree. I, I, and now I'm with I, CK. I, talk, I don't I talk think, to my I think friends it's before that. work. I talk to my friends at work, and that's all they talk about is, you know what? After you walked away from the only... microphone at Super Bowl, I just could never, ever believe he was no. going back again. They just oh, – oh, enough. Can we, turn, can me, we pivot that parallel. point to Tom Brady, too? Go ahead, CK. I was going to say this. What I do for work is I am a debt collector, right? And I've said it before on the stream. What I've learned is people take an opportunity to blame the most recent tragedy, right? Mm -hmm. For the reason they're in their position. So for instance, six months ago, people were telling me the reason they stopped paying on their credit cards was because of COVID. Their last payment was about eight months prior to COVID actually even hitting the country, but they still blamed COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So reality is they're using COVID because it's an easy answer right then and there, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't like Cam Newton because he did the Superman pose and he told people, you don't like me getting into the into the end zone, just stop me. But, All but this Aaron Rodgers does the does the discount Trust. double check and, and yeah. I, I just don't exactly. get it. I don't get it. There's a lot of people that don't get it like Aaron Rodgers too. either. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is because Cam Newton did that, they have something they can physically hold on to that yeah. makes it all right for them to shit on Cam Newton. And that is what it is. And and that's that's what I, I I get frustrated about is because you want to say it's not about race. I agree. I don't think it's about race. I think it's about a personality you expect a quarterback to have isn't living up to what you expect, or he's not on your team, and right. that's the problem. Like I feel the same way with Patrick Mahomes. Every time he does this, oh, it's on them. It's on them. I get so pissed off at that. 
But if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I'm like, I love that he does that. Right. It's just it's a like double Cam's standard. Dad. Yeah, I, hear I you. think initially yeah. with Cam, it was about race. Or not only. I think it was a factor initially. I think this continued part, though, as it's just kind of transgressed into, like, I think even more so personality. And he's just, I always, I think, I am waiting for Barack Obama to get COVID. And the reason I say that is, I know that sounds strange. You're like, where the fuck did that come from? Is that the three most polarizing people in my life, two of them have had COVID this year. Donald Trump, Cam Newton, and Barack Obama. Like Barack Obama, Cam Newton, and Donald Trump all have one thing in common. is like people can't fall in the middle on them. You know, is that you either love Cam yeah. or you hate Cam. You either sure. love Barack Obama or you hate Barack Obama. You either love Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump. And so I do think that race was, is totally was and is interwoven into the discussion of Cam. I think it's becoming less and less as more and more, you know, things have changed in the NFL. Yeah, but it's 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 his. It, on top of that, is that this guy, the football ha- fans have a strange kind of component to them. Is that <laughs> like we think that these guys are like superhuman and awesome, and like we know that they're like these just millionaires, super like we have all of these high expectations for them too. But we also, as fans, or at least maybe old school fans, I don't know who they are. It's like my, like dad fans, like old white dad fans, need players to humble themselves to us. Yeah. My, my like, it's like, oh, me. man, you are way my too dad. arrogant for this. I'm like, yeah. God. Like, you don't go into the doctor's office and be like, you are too fucking arrogant, brother, to give me – I don't know. It's just a bizarre kind of component is that we – as fans, I guess, think because you are a product that is consumed by us, you have to show yeah. us some deference. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, my, my dad falls in that category you're talking about that uh, of the, the old, old dad that looks at it like, oh, no matter what Cam Newton does for us, I don't like him doing this and I like him doing that. Who fucking cares, man? Seriously. Are you telling me seriously? Anybody out there, I don't give a damn who you are, anybody out there. You're in a situation where you're down five points, a minute left to go. You score a touchdown to win the game. The throwing and running doesn't matter. Or you, you don't, don't ex- even do it. Yeah. You hand it off and it scores, and you're going to celebrate. You're not going to fucking celebrate? Kiss my ass. Hell yeah, you are. Don't, don't tell me you're not going to celebrate. You just don't like the way Cam Newton did it. You don't like the way the cameraman zoomed in on him. Kiss my ass. You're going to celebrate. Period. You, I yeah. mean, it's kind of the, if for some, it's, is the other kind of element that's weird about it too is that we always beg for these people to open up to us. Right. Yeah. We want to get to know them. We want to know the true yeah. this, exactly. the true that. We want but when we see it, we're like, I wish they would just say what they're supposed to say. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and i yeah. feel like when it comes to like any of this it, this is why i always i'm almost and i'm catholic i feel like i require first i feel like i have to put that out as like a statement like uh please know i'm catholic for the following reasons because i'm about to make a comment but i'm almost you would think because i'm self-proclaimed christian that 
God references and Jesus rep- references would appeal to me. But I'm kind of off put by them a lot. Like when people, when someone says I'm sick and then the, like the whole internet goes prayers yep. up. I'm like, come on. Have If you pray, like I actually prayed about somebody that, and I'm not a big prayer either. I used to be more when I was younger. You think yeah. like a child, walk like a child, whatever. But I actually didn't. I actually prayed for somebody. But guess what I didn't do? Didn't message the world to say I prayed for them. Yeah. I get irritated when people what? are like, I want to give it up to God. And you're like, man. I mean, like, I, I want it to be authentic. And it's just kind of this bizarre relationship where fans want authenticity but don't like authenticity. And sometimes they do. And it's such a weird, it's like a human dynamic. And this is where I want to pivot to is that some people can be jerks and it's cool. Some people can be nice and they're assholes. Like they can't do anything right. And they're just nice the whole time. What makes me think about this is Tom Brady. Yes. Tom Brady. Thank you. Uh, walks off the field on Monday night after a loss, does not shake hands with Jared Goff. Jared Goff the second is, time this year. Yes, and both times losses. Both times players that he's played in a Super Bowl, by the way. So you want to tell me, what does he always say? Oh, I didn't know these guys that well. First is that he never has a problem shaking hands when he wins. Listen, not every quarterback knows, but it's an expectation these guys go out there and say good he game. He actually right? does know them. He's played them in well, Super they Bowls. they make you do it in Little League. If y'all played Little League, they make you do that after a game. Bro. You walk in a line, you shake hands with the team, you say good game. Because At least Ron promises you do. Yeah, and you yeah. should because that is a denotion or a the demarcation line that this was a contest. And now the contest exactly. is over, right? It's like mm-hmm. the contest. That's what's great about contests, things that are not rigged. It's like a, a, a limited. Uh, someone told me that boxing was the perfect sport, and I like this. I thought it was a it's wonderful it, thing. Yeah. And they said, what you have is a very defined set of rules of what is allowed and not allowed. You have a referee who is monitoring all of it. And then you match two people of equal capabilities together. So you, so it's not like an NFL team playing a high school football team. You know, two guys in the same weight, cl- weight class, similar records, that type or whatever. That's what, But what I think about this, it's a contest based on equality, right? And with a sport... Like anything that's a sport, you think it's like in this confined area, and then you realize, hey, you got the best of me. You got the best. So, do you guys tell any thoughts on freaking bitch ass Brady? Yeah, I think that it's, it's again, we come right back to the double standard. I am so glad that Good Morning Football, uh, it, Kyle Brandt or whatever his name is, called him out straight up and what and a good segment it, it was it was a great yeah. segment by him great segment and he said these words too and he even brought cam newton into the equation he said if any other polarizing quarterback did that they would be just t- just destroyed the following monday and can't tom brady has done it multiple times throughout his entire career especially during losses he is not a graceful loser and and I, winner shouldn't be and that's what cam newton said 
you know, winners shouldn't want to lose. I mean, that you should be a sore loser if you're a winner. But there is an expectation that every quarterback maintains. And if you're not maintaining it, if you're not Tom Brady, you are just you're raked over the coals. And it bugs the ever living shit out of me because people accept it when it's Peyton Manning, when Peyton Manning did it, uh, when he lost the Super Bowl to Drew Brees. Right. Peyton Manning's done it multiple times. Tom Brady's done it multiple times. Cam Newton. You know how many times he's done it? None. 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 Zero. He shook Peyton Manning's hand afterwards. When he lost the, the Super Bowl. In, he in, in, away from when, the interview. That, that, that was it. That's what it is. He walked away from mm-hmm. the interview because they had it set up. Hor- I mean, I'm not going to make excuses for Cam. Right? No, this right. is not about Cam. But this is about a double standard that exists in the NFL and the media mm-hmm. that if you are a white quarterback that is, is doing things that is known for being just a great quarterback in this league. You can do things differently, but if you're a black or, you know, just a, 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 not even just a matter of race, but if you are just polarizing, you are just, they're going to look for every reason to just ruin your career or try to find a way to ruin it. It just shows that we pick people that we give passes to and we pick people we don't give passes to. Uh, The other thing though, that's more concerning to me when it comes to Tom Brady is I almost, uh, that Bears game, you know, he, uh, there's a lot of frustration on that team at that point. You know, they weren't as good as they were supposed to be there, you know, and he was, and he had an embarrassing moment. That was the one where he thought there was one more down, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I can see (laughs) you, and I like, and I want to, I try to give people some grace on just being human, right? right? Is that I can see that. To me, the most concerning part about this is that now it's a time where another team kind of went blow for blow with you. Yeah. I just feel like this one was like more of a temper tantrum. Yes, you threw a pick. Yes, you were the problem. It's like, and this is, Tom Brady has probably gotten into a point Um. And there's different ways of of like uh, being examples with this. So, for instance, as a teacher, um, one of the things that you know you have to try to figure out how to give people critique and criticism in a fair, you know, yeah. you want to in a positive and cr- way that motivates as well. But when no one's ever told you that, all right, here and let me give it a different way. I was in grad school, and school came easy to me for a long time. Right, is that anytime I wasn't doing good in school, it was very clear it's because I wasn't trying. Right. And I could always yeah. take a, I could be like, well, I didn't really work that hard or something. I always could tell myself that um, when, I, when I got to grad school, it was the first time that I really put in all of my effort and didn't get the results that I wanted. Mm. Right. And, and you know what? It took a little bit of time and I'm still getting working at it. And that is how to take criticism, how to take not even just take criticism, but how to take failure or imperfection. And maybe Brady has just gotten to the point where that's so distant in his mind that he hasn't maybe he's been surrounded. We heard the stories about him and that trainer, the weird trainer they would bring like all the things that people have kind of said about Cam, like treating with kid gloves, this and that. Mm -hmm. And like you don't say. Brady is kind of that. He has now become the guy that doesn't know how to lose. He doesn't know how to take criticism. He doesn't know how. To... So, kind of a bizarre um, turn and really an ungracious way to finish 
what has been a very glamorous and wonderful career. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. Not a good look. Yeah, I think he's definitely going out looking much less graceful and much more like a like a like a, a, a whiny like a, a whiny person that everybody I started to have respect for him after the Atlanta game after the Atlanta win and the Super Bowl. I started to respect him more and more. I after this year, I'm going back to the same thing. Whiny baby K, you know Tom Brady. That's what I've had I, my opinion was before. He doesn't he doesn't expect except that he's not good or he's not winning a game. And so everybody else is at fault. He doesn't know how to deal with hardship at this point. No. And the other thing, too, is that I, and and to secretly say this, I didn't dislike Brady. I had one reason to dislike Brady and the Patriots. And one reason only. Because they beat us in the Super Bowl. Yes, that and the cheating. Like, so I said, they beat us because we're cheaters. Like, I always held that, you know, that thing. But other yeah. than that, I always knew that my dislike for them was only because of that. Yeah. Like, only. So I had gotten to the point where I actually, I kind of have always been Brady over Manning type guy. Like, yeah, no, he's not the offensive coordinator on the field, but he gets it done more than anybody, this and that. And right yeah. now, is that even, like, there's he's just pushing people away. The things that people say Cam does, he's doing right in front of us. Hmm. It's crazy. All right, 252-228-5098. Hey, guys, it's Jason calling from Colorado. First off, I want to give a, a shout-out to Mike. I'm really glad that he heard my uh, my impression. And uh, I just want to let you know, man, that whenever you're giving your Supreme Leader intro, I'm, I'm sitting in my car singing it out to Supreme Leader. So, anyway, um, also, i I got to say I owe Justin Burris an apology because earlier in the season, you know, I think I – was too harsh and emotional when he missed that fumble in the backfield. And um, I was ready to – that in conjunction with a couple other plays was just enough to make me really down on him. But he played like an all-star today, and uh, it really shows the, how bad um, Trey Boston is, I think. I think that, that we need really need to upgrade at safety, um, potentially in the draft. Um, and with Teddy Hurt, I was kind of wondering, you know, I think this is, this is pure conspiracy theory here, but, 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 but journey yeah, with yeah. me. Um, when you ask people what's the best way to develop a quarterback, typically they'll say, you know, you, you spend a draft pick on somebody that you have a lot of confidence in, and then you draft them, you bring them in, you let them sit and learn behind a, a competent starter to learn the ropes, and then you let them take over, take the reins once they've had a year, maybe even more, to develop their skills. I think the chief example, obviously, Pat Mahomes, um, he's a transcendent talent, but um, there are plenty of examples of this uh, being true. And um, but, but my theory is that um, maybe Matt Rule, because you know that P.J. Walker played for him, and you know that they evaluated him. They said that he had a far by far the best arm on the team. And so what if they they knew that P.J. Walker was out there and they saw an opportunity to set up that kind of a situation in Carolina where maybe maybe P.J. Walker is their guy and they've been, you know, having him learn behind Teddy Bridgewater 
And I'm not going to lie, I think Teddy Bridgewater would be a great quarterback to learn behind, kind of like learning behind Drew Brees. Obviously not the same level of experience, but um, they're very competent. So I want to know what your thoughts are about my conspiracy theory. Um, and I just got to ice up some of our, our fans and our fan base that come out after we pitch a shutout and say we got to fire Spill Snow. I just can't get my arm or my mind around that. Um, yeah. It looks like Robbie Anderson is starting to regress in the offense. It seems like they're, he's not getting the clearance and his, his separation in his routes. And so he's not, you know, he's not open. He's not getting the ball to him, thrown to him as much. Um, I don't think he's as capable of making spectacular catches as the other two. Oh, oh, boy. That was unnecessary at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, conspiracy theory thoughts. I think that having Teddy here could have been a way to groom a quarterback, period. Yeah. Particularly if you were to draft one next year. I think the strange part about, and if this was, if these guys are really playing chess while we're playing checkers, and they were thinking about this down the road as Teddy being a bridge, we're going to have a tough year, we might land the quarterback that we want, they were not forecasting how many shitty teams there were there are in the NFL. Like yeah, but yeah. like and this is a quarterback. This draft has a bunch of quarterbacks that people are chubbing over all day long. Yeah. And we've had these in the past. We had, you know, so I'm not going to get blown away. And the other reason I'm not really blown away by the draft, like if you don't get your quarterback at number 1 or number 2, like I don't like the whole like we got a draft and we got I've seen too many quarterbacks in deep quarterback drafts be shitty just regular dudes. They look great in college. They and you know and you don't never know. Joe Burrow's gone now. Boom. Oh my goodness. So like this is that's I I don't know about the conspiracy to get PJ in there, but obviously they saw look PJ's been in the league a little bit like he was with the Colts then he had some success in the XFL he knows rule um and he looks like he's got a little juice to him I don't know I'd, I'd just be interested to see PJ I think is going to need the only way he's going to be a guy that the Carolina Panthers really give a true true opportunity to this year or maybe even next year is if injury creates the opportunity yeah um the other thing is, what do y'all? I I don't like all this Robbie Anderson slander that's going on. I mean, to be fair, Tony, like like he had a great beginning of the year, right? But what has he done since? Well, one, okay. I, I, obviously, the numbers <laughs> the numbers are not um, the the beginning. The success in the beginning was so much voluminous that Not it really. creates I mean, it was it was good he was putting up 100 points like, a game about 100 yards a game for like four games straight he's like I 10 guess. catches 100 yards 10 catches 100 yards 14 catches but One, you got to remember what the offense what the defense was expecting Right. I wonder the if defense, they were thinking it was going to be DJ early. They, they now, guarantee, I guarantee you that's what they thought. And guess who they had as their number two wide receiver on their defense? I mean, uh, that they were going to be covering with their temp number two corner. It was Robbie Anderson, right? And and the problem is, is Robbie Anderson is a fantastic number two. But now that he's transitioned to that number one role, at least in the eyes of the defense, 
he has been blanketed. He has not been able to be able to be dynamic. Like, and the and the benefit that the, to be fair, he hasn't been targeted a tremendous amount, but he's also had some drops. He's had he's had an opportunity to catch some balls and he hasn't done it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd have to go back and look at all the plays and all the 22, you know, film and everything and, and see where his separation looks like and everything like that. But to see if he's just been open and not being passed the ball. But from everything I've seen, he just hasn't been available to catch right. the ball. I want to highlight this comment in the chat says elusive proximity says we're giving Robbie too many screenplays. Those need to be DJ and Curtis touches. Those guys are suited for kind of a yards after the open making guys miss breaking tackles. Robbie was too. Robbie was too. He is. He can't. I, I think one of the regressions with Robbie is, is that we have limited him to being a possession receiver only. Like he runs well, the same routes that drag route across the middle, the per, the North Turner route, is what I call it, and it's this drag route where they're running right underneath the linebackers, mm-hmm. and it's trying to open up. So it's like now all of his catches are only going to be for five yards, and if you are, and if you know, like all teams do, that there's not really a downfield threat when it comes to Teddy, you can kind of man up on that. So I, I mean, I, I, I understand he has regret. I wouldn't say he's regressed. He's just not getting the ball as much. He now, what happens? Teddy Bridgewater comes back. He might get ten catches next week. It's, it's very true. And you know, the thing is, you know, Robbie Anderson is a great wide receiver, and I love having him on the team. Uh, I'd love to keep him, but of the of the three that we have, we can only keep two. He's going to be the one I cut, just personally. Well, um, not next year, he, the year after. No, well, well, no. If if we have to make a choice next year, I'm keeping Samuel and DJ Moore. Just me personally. Samuel but, might be turning into a superstar this this year. Finally, who? Curtis Samuel. He's yeah. He might he's winning me back yeah, over, guys. I've, he broke my heart. He broke my heart for so long. I asked him. He reminds me of this girl, Catherine Dale. I was in love with her from the first moment I saw her. When I saw her, when I walked in that sixth grade classroom, if I didn't love my wife as much as I would, she can come up to me right now and I would go with her. That's how much I love this woman. And I asked her out several times and never got a yes. Right. And what was I talking about? I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> well, I was Who talking my, about who's told me? Oh, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel Curtis is my Catherine Anderson, Dale. Yeah. Because I was so in love with him when he first came into this team. And he said, no. He said, no, I'm going to have a heart problem. No, I'm going to have a hamstring problem. No, I won't go to the movies with you because Ron Rivera is my dad. Now, it's like Catherine Dale showing up at my door trying to get me to go on a date. I'm married. I'm married to this Robbie Anderson guy now. And that's kind of my thing is is I feel like Robbie Anderson is a fine wide receiver. But like CK was saying, the last few games, they've noticed that he's been the number one target. They've been doubling him. He hasn't been producing. A number one guy produces whenever you're double teamed. That, that, yeah. That's all there is to it. When you're, if you want to be Nobody a number really one wide receiver, whenever, that he was whenever our you're number double teamed, you produce. And, and here's my thing is DJ Moore is still producing at the same rate he has been all year long. Now surpassing, now surpassing Robbie Anderson in yards and touchdowns, obviously. And 
Curtis Samuel, while he doesn't have as many yards as Anderson, or uh, he has more touchdowns and he's more versatile. So of those three, I'm taking Samuel and DJ Moore. I, I like Anderson, but if, if 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 I had to pick two right now, it's Samuel and DJ Moore. Well, you got to think about mm-hmm. our offense at the same time, right? You know, Robbie Anderson has been good after the catch, but he has not been nearly elusive, as elusive as you see DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel is. You know, or, you know, because they, he's not built that way. He's actually, but, but, but here's here's my point: is if we're keeping Teddy Bridgewater, the two most valuable wide receivers on the team are going to be the yards after the catch guys. Yeah, that's the truth. That's you know, just the, the reality truth. of what we're dealing with 100%, right now. Hundred percent. I want to. I, I think that so y'all got to temper some of the disappointment, Robbie, like coming down to earth. I'm, not He's y'all, not bad, and it's not even y'all. Right. I'm not disappointed with him. It's more like an abstract, y'all. It's like an abstract, think, not even to our caller think, even. Is that I Robbie that is an undrafted player who yeah. balls, right? He's a baller. You, know, you want to know what, what Robbie Anderson reminds me of, and this is a bad comparison because it's two different position groups. It's what we saw out of Kyle Allen within the first eight games of his season last year. Where he was taking us to a six and two season, we were doing well, we were in a good position, and then all of a sudden, nothing. Right? Robbie Anderson won us over early on, but he has been a disappointment. I mean, the reason I'm saying a disappointment is because we had our expectations of him here. He was here, and he's back down to what our expectation was, and now it's disappointing because we saw him up here. Yeah, you, you know, are but he's absolutely little- right. He's yeah, gonna say that might be, be the meanest thing you could ever say to someone. No, you know you're you're absolutely right, CK. 100 percent right. That's exactly a great way to put the the Robbie Anderson thing. You know who else it is? Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> it's a great it's a great way to put Teddy Bridgewater too. Uh, Just saying. You know that might Let's CK. That might be the meanest the thing I've ever heard someone say about somebody. You remind me of Kyle Allen. Hey. That's a you know mean what? thing to say to somebody. That'd be like, hey, your uncle reminds me of Ray Carruth. You know? It's not It's not from the perspective of you remind me of Kyle Allen because <laughs> you're a bad wide receiver, but rather you exceeded expectations early, right? and then you went back down to what we should have expected from you from the get-go, and now we're disappointed because you were as advertised from the beginning, right? And so, I mean, we weren't we weren't living up to that same level we had already convinced ourselves we that he is at, and everybody in the NFL had convinced that he was at, and now he's back down to the level that is. Oh, this is Robbie Anderson. He's a wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver in the NFL, but he's not like an elite level wide receiver. I think Robbie Anderson's all is a great number two. I agree. Like a great number two. That's to what have. I was saying. Yeah. yeah. And that is the thing is that he came in, was asked to be almost a number one because our number one is, you know, we don't know if he's a number one. Is he Steve Smith senior or is he, he to be a number one because, because Matt rule came in and wanted to take one of his proteges and put him in there and say, look what well, I he was do. smart though. I, I do think it was smart in this, good, but they're not leaders. And it would have been one. ridiculous to go into the season saying, we believe that we could be an adequate offense with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. That would have been, what a Panther fan who has a hard on for Kurt, for all of these players would have done. 
But it's an unrealistic kind of expectation, too. What yeah. if someone gets hurt? What if Curtis Samuel doesn't continue to develop as he is? The one thing that is very p- exciting about all of this is not only has Curtis Samuel... We were so excited about him in the beginning. The couple of things that are great about Curtis Samuel is the production. Despite limited reps throughout his career, he's he man, you get the ball in his hands, he's in the fucking end zone. And one yes. year he was like he had like a a touchdown on every ten touches or something. Yeah, like yeah, crazy. it was, it was, it was absolutely. That, but he, to be fair, he got hurt that season and he had very limited touches. But if you go back and watch the highlights of those of those touchdowns, like they should not have been touchdowns, right? Like right. he was, he had that one that was that like that really weak dive, but like he had had incredible like just he ran all around folks, but then he dove yeah. into the end zone and it made it look like he was just like, uh, did he not know how to jump? Like, but yeah, yeah. No, Curtis Samuel has been electric from day one. It's just, he hasn't and then been now though, his production, even this year is a story of production more than anything. It's production not a volume perspective as much as Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel has been insanely good. Yeah. He on third down, he has been our go-to guy, which kind of has mm-hmm. the clutch gene, right? Is that yeah. I don't get the ball all the time, right. but when you need me to get it, you can count on me. That's a big deal. He scored several touchdowns already this season. Yep. And then they highlighted the other stat that he has like the highest catch percentage in the NFL. So he does produce. No, that was DJ Moore, I think. No, I think he has an 85% catch rate in uh, – He's he's got one of the yeah he's got the highest um, it's insane in, in on the team as far as catch time, uh, catch percentage. Uh, well, you know Curtis Samuel. It's funny because while I like the character or the character the 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 you player been in your other podcast too much. What yeah character <laughs> yeah while I like the player I uh, I I feel like that if you his his production and his value is solely based on touchdown production i think that if curtis sam i think he has like six or seven touchdowns this year i think with rushing in and 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 Bro. Line, which which third downs don't, don't yeah, get me wrong i think okay. you're right and, and ck third, i third think down, it's third down, third down. Third it's down. the touchdowns have only come of late which makes him clutch and makes me want to keep him because he's that guy but yeah. if you take that away his stats are very very minuscule in the league however he is clutch. He has the clutch gene. You've got to look at it from the him. position that he's in, though. He is slot right, receiver. Right. He's not even one or two. Exactly. If you gave him the have fourteen hundred yards, the the reality is that what he does with his opportunities is mm-hmm. like yes, you want to exactly. talk about production, mm-hmm. sure, but opportunity has not been there. His production absolutely has been, mm-hmm. and and it's been there for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. since he's been drafted, his production has been there. Right. It's just his opportunity has mm-hmm. not gotten to it today. I mean, this year he's getting his best opportunity. Mm-hmm. And until they real, I mean, and I think they're starting to realize it because you're starting to see them work him in a little more. Um, if Christian McCaffrey was out there, I think Curtis Samuel would be getting a lot more looks in the wide receiver aspect of things. Very because Chris, because right now they're using Curtis Samuel almost like Christian McCaffrey in the backfield from time to yeah. time. All right, let's keep pushing through with these calls. 252-228-5098. But, yeah, you know, I think that, uh, like I was saying, I think Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are are more are better able to make uh, contested catches. They're better able to get 
separation and tight coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's showing with PJ Walker, who actually has the ability to thread the ball into some tight windows and, and take advantage of their, of their speed and hit the ball in stride. Um, and, and I've been apologize, you know, I've been an apologist for Shaq all season long, and I'm starting to feel validated by it because what I'm starting to see from him is that he has become kind of like a Thomas Davis. In, I think, both ability, and he's starting to take on that leadership role, but he also has some Luke Keekley sprinkles on there in that he's able to diagnose and call out plays and move whoa, people whoa, into whoa. the right position. <laughs> and I think that's fantastic. I mean, I don't see why people are even considering that he's not worth the, the, the money that we paid him. Um, I, you know, I'm Team Shaq. I, I think that he's doing great things, and I'm looking forward to seeing him take a role as a leader on the defense. Um, and, and I just noticed that one of the things that stood out to me about this game was how well the uh, some of the I would say the marginal players on our team really played. Like Stanley Thomas Oliver, hadn't heard him his name all season, but he showed up in. I think he had the highest PFF grade of all of our of all of our defensive backfield this game. Um, Corn Elder, F.A. Obata, Jermaine Carter. I think that all of these guys who are kind of on the cusp are really benefiting from the coaching this season. Excuse me. Um, I, my hypothesis about that is that coaching, that good helping or good coaching helps players that are on the margin a lot more than it helps superstars. I think that you can take transcendent players and they're going to be like Khalil Mack, for example. Um, he's successful everywhere he's been. Donkey Kong Sue, he's been successful everywhere he's been. And, you know, I don't think that, uh, it's, at least it shows that our coaches are, are benefit, you know, that they're really starting to play up. And that's what I think is a lot more valuable. I think you're a lot more likely to win with a team that plays with a chip on the shoulder than you are to win with a team of superstars who expect to win. Um, they, they've got that hunger. They've got that, uh, that, mm-hmm. that eye of the tiger, as it were. Um, and I, I don't know. I didn't really have a chance to review PJ's second pick, but to me, it kind of felt like he was, he might have been trying to just get rid of the ball by throwing it out the back of the end zone. And I think yeah. he was just really surprised that it. Oh, uh, here, here is, look, he's got 10 seconds left. That last one cut off right at the right time, but I just wanted to, you know, say thanks for letting me uh, get my thoughts out there. Keep pounding. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I like it first. It, he is the one. Um, and this was who was it? it it's from Colorado. This calls from Colorado. Um, this is the actually the one caller that has kept me from diving off the cliff with Shaq. <clears throat> Yeah. And one of the things that he had brought up of several months ago, I feel like at this point, was we could have signed James Bradbury or we could have signed Shaq. That's one way of looking at it. But it's also like what else is in the free agent market? How are you going to replace us? Who's easier to replace at this point? You know, and, and it just felt like Shaq, you know, was supposed to mean, could mean more to this defense. I thought, though, with with Shaq, I think what we saw this past week is I agree with all of those points. I agree with, like, stepping in a leadership role. Yeah. 
the sprinkling of Luke Keekley is laying it on a little thick, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But here, well, it, it, I mean, he did call out that we heard the story about him calling out this play, and the other guys didn't do it two weeks ago, and that's what ran, you know, ended up. So we've heard that he is stepping into a more vocal leadership role. I mean, yeah. you see it. He's giving out game balls. He's that he was mic'd up this past week. He's in the coach's ear. You know, I think the one thing though that I've seen too that's important is something that CK turned me on to, and I have a little different a perspective on it than CK. But you're the kind of in the one that put me onto this is that the guys around Shaq, he can his games elevate can be elevated by the people around him. Like yeah. And I feel like us not seeing to hear Whitehead, he played better. And I don't think it was because he was doing much different. It was just something's yeah. different. And I don't know. So, something, yeah, something different. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so the Shaq Thompson uh, validation, I like that on one hand, is that he needs to get better. I think he's, you can tell he's getting slower. That's my one thing I'm worried yeah, yeah. about. But How the old is coaching. He now? Ooh, you know he's he what, played professional years? baseball. Is this his sixth year though? He was fifth year originally drafted by like the Reds, dude, or something. He was a baseball. Really? He's twenty. He's only twenty six. This is Holy his seventh shit. year, I think. Seventh this is his year. seventh, he's seventh year. year, and he's twenty six. Wow! Okay. Because we we exercised the fifth year option, and mm-hmm. then he got signed to a contract not this year, but last year, and last year was his first year in that new contract. And this is the second year of the new contract. So, so he had five it, years under, yeah. So fifth-year option, that means he was a first-round pick? Yes. Yes, he was. He okay. was our 25th pick. And uh, okay. Shaq Thompson was drafted in 2015. He is 26. He was drafted in 20- All right, so he's 26. He's about to turn 27 now. He was aged. Still, still he's pretty 26, young. 217 yeah, I mean, like, still days. Still very young. You know, yeah. he played ba- professional baseball. He was drafted by, like, the Reds or something. He went one for 36 in the minor leagues. Yeah, but, you know, you want to talk about the NBA having every team get in the playoffs? Uh, that's the way the MLB is every oh, no. every player no, gets not. drafted at some oh, point. Oh, yes. It's insane. Uh, it, yeah, you know? because you go into the minor leagues. One for 36. They yeah. asked him why he couldn't play in the major leagues. He said, I couldn't hit a curve. If you play baseball, you know exactly what that means. He's like, this is like, sorry, just can't do it. That was my kryptonite right there. It was a curveball. Uh, 252-228-5098. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Oh, nice. Way to wake us up. I told y'all. I told y'all Shaq Thompson coming in that locker room was going to do something. I told you. He whipped out his tally whacker and started (laughs) dick-smacking motherfuckers around. And look at that dude. Damn. Fucking, they took out the fucking whitehead fucking dude. Defense was raw. I've been giving Phil Snow a pass this whole year. I think I might have to take that pass back because, like, why the fuck you wait? Like, we see what happens when you take Whitehead out. Why they take? Why is it this long that we take him out and they do good? Like, <laughs> y'all think he should get some criticism for keeping Whitehead in that I long? Mean, okay. You know what I mean? Like, when you frame it like that, fuck? right? Yeah. 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 I saw a meme today, too, about that game. Like, P.J. Walker said, it's official P.J. Walker belongs in the NFL. 
And it's also official that Matt Patricia belongs in the XFL, which I thought was cool. <laughs> I hope we ride with PJ the rest of the way. I want to see what he got. Fuck Whitehead. And I just want to say Tallywhacker one more time because it makes me laugh. Tallywhacker. <laughs> Great call, man. Great call and keep powering through. Yo, 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 yo. This is Kevin again from Charleston. What's up, Kevin? I wanted to call again because I have a Tallywhacker. Right? Chuck Town. The last so. good tight end we had was Greg Olson, who yep. we had to trade a third-round pick to get to come to Carolina. So my question is, y'all, if we had to trade our third-round pick for a tight end, who would you trade for this offseason? O.J. Howard. That's my question. Whoa. Tallywhacker. Out. Two. I've got two. I've got two. First of all, I love how he closed his call. Tallywhacker out. That's awesome. Um, yeah, because I called him Tallywhacker too. Yeah. Okay. I like the OJ Howard. Love the OJ Howard. Or David Joku, whatever his name is from. Yeah. From, uh, th- those Maybe. are my two guys. Those are the guys that I think are the future of the tight end. I still so. want to get Jake Butt here. Jake Butt, yeah. He is Hunter from Hinton. Denver. He has dealt with a bazillion injuries, and he sucks. But I still think every time that if he came and scored a touchdown in Carolina and he went and yeah. Lambo leaped into the back, we could say we could call it the butthole. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Old C3 joke there. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nick from up here in Mass. Uh, here's Nick from Mass. Mass. So, uh, Sonic was an awesome game, to say the least. Uh, defense definitely deserves a lot of credit. I think if it wasn't for the defense being as good as they were, as well as Detroit being kind of as terrible as they are, could have gone a lot differently. But the big thing is, the big reason why I'm calling you guys is because I wanted to, wanted to compare PJ to Teddy a little bit, Okay. Oh, don't so do I that. looked at You're stats from the XFL for PJ, and I looked at the 2020 stats for Teddy, Okay, just to kind of get a reference. Got to remember, Teddy played twice as many games as PJ did in the XFL. There was only five games in the XFL. Uh, PJ had a slightly lower completion percentage. He had 65%, whereas Teddy had 72.1. But when you look, uh, look at all the yards that uh, they had both got, it actually equals out. PJ seems to have gone for the longer passes compared to Teddy's dink and dunk. Uh, so PJ for 99 yards in the entire season, uh, whereas Teddy has rushed for 119 this season. So PJ has actually rushed a lot more, and his average is actually 4.1 yards per carry. Uh, also, when you look at the average yards per game, um, Teddy this year has averaged 255 per game. Right? Just in the very first game that PJ played, he uh, he got 273 yards. So very first time playing with everybody that he's had, and he's shown that he can put up more yards than Teddy an average. Uh Teddy also has had the best receiving receiving core in the league. I mean, let's face it, our running backs have also been very reliable. Even with Christian McCaffrey out, Mike Davis has stepped up. Um, 
I mean, before this game, PJ had only come on the field in bad situations. I'm pretty sure the first time it was like a third down scenario. And then there was another time when he came in where Teddy got banged up pretty good. But would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, thanks for everything that you do, and I hope everybody has a happy, safe, and COVID-free Thanksgiving, all right? Keep on the guess. What a Here, prepared call, man. Stat, what stat Daddy. Is, That's like your wet dream of a call. What is that caller's name, sir? Thank That's you very Nick much Montiero. for the word. Yes, awesome. Everything you said, I absolutely agree with. Fantastic. Thank you so much for putting yep. that out there. You're right. One Can't big difference, though. You know? One big difference, though. What's that? One of these stats happened in the NFL, and the other set of these stats happened in the XFL. That that is a, that is a fair fair point. And they had different rules, like they could run before the you know, man, like they go it, bizarre. It still rules. works out, and I it still works out if you did this if you averaged Teddy down to one game in the NFL and hit against uh, PJ Walker PJ Walker's one game in the NFL. It still averages out pretty damn close, with PJ Walker giving you a lot more options than Teddy has. It's not going to happen. So, it's a waste. Call. It's a waste great of a mental exercise. So, no offense, Nick, not a waste of your <laughs> exercise. I'm glad you did it because I love calls that have style and preparation. Mm-hmm. But I simply believe. I don't know what what could have PJ have really done to. I don't know if he could have done anything he, to win the job. Like, if what he, would if it he have, got those? If he didn't throw those two interceptions and those were those were actual touchdowns, I think it's a lot harder for anybody to argue that Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback of this team. I, I think it's just one less. I think if he throws one less interception, I one interception, okay. one less, one less interception. If he had a perfect game, Matt Rules trying to figure out what's two going touchdowns would have been a perfect game. Right, yeah. like throwing yeah. those two touchdowns would have been a perfect game. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I, I think um, just, I think just one of those interceptions changes the game. Up. I'm still yeah. interested, and this is what I like. For so Nick, what a great call! Way to go, Nick. Um, what I'm I'm interested in seeing is is there any possible world where something happens where the coaching staff considers benching Teddy? No, you know, uh, like if he only. comes out, right. I, I kind of think it's injury, injury only. only. That's what I think yeah. too. All right. Uh, let's keep pounding. Yo, yo, yo. This is Kevin from Charleston again for my third Shut call. Town. I think <laughs> he just followed me on Twitter I too, Tuesday by the way. And Sundays all the time on, on the YouTube shit. Yeah. My I'm man. also very, very fucking drunk. I've had my man, of beer, right there. a bottle of wine, and I topped it off with a choco taco fucking ice cream. Yeah, there you go. But oh, never mind. Deep dive in my the question to you, fellas, gas station ice cream. In all of Tampa Nation, knowing what you know now, starting week one, if you had your choice to have oh, God. Cam Newton as your starting quarterback or Ooh, Luke Keekley as your this starting not even linebacker, who would you choose? For one year. What was the, the second one? Luke Keekley. Which one? Uh, and always remember. Oh, that's a great question. That's a don't mean question. Oh, keep a mean question. I'm drunk. I'm eating Choco Taco. Mm. Eat that Choco Taco. Enjoy Eat it. that Choco Taco. That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, the question oh, is, gosh. if you could have for one year on this team, you could only have one of the two, would it be Cam Newton? That's or a Luke really Keekley? good question because this tells mm. you who you value more. As far as what we need right now, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, this is going to be unpopular. I think it's Luke 
Well, okay. Here's my thing is I don't, while I get what you're saying, CK, I don't think it tells you exactly who you value more because I think I would say cam simply because I feel like our defense has played well enough that if we could have that extra four points, that extra touchdown, that extra not interception at the end of the game, we'd be a lot better. Whereas Luke would be a whole lot better for the defense. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I can look at a lot more games where Teddy Bridgewater not coming through in the end ended up losing the game for us more than the defense not coming through in the end. I, but so. I think that I think that that same that same mentality can be used when you look at the defense, like our our, our games that we have lost, especially the bad ones. It, it, it may oh, be pretty close. Look at what we were with a right competent the middle, middle yeah. linebacker in this past game. But but, but here's the thing. Okay. I know that we've lost two games at the end of the game where Teddy Bridgewater's thrown an interception on a drive where he could have scored a touchdown and won. Would Luke Keekley being a linebacker have changed more than two games to the point where we would have won? Is my question. That that's the that, that's the only issue I have. Now don't get me wrong, I love Luke Keekley. His jersey's that's retired right over there on my wall. But but about I just feel like honestly, if I have to have to weigh it out. I feel like Cam Newton would have a bigger impact on this team this year than Luke Keekley would. Not saying that Cam Newton's because I think Luke Keekley is a better linebacker than Cam Newton was quarterback. I love everybody Cam in the chat room I, says I, Luke I think Keekley. Luke Keekley's a better linebacker than than Cam Newton was quarterback. You know, everybody but in this says, situation from the mm, you know okay everybody in the chat room saying Luke Luke yeah. and, and I Luke, get that I get that because like uh, I said Luke is a better linebacker than Cam was quarterback but I feel like a better quarterback would do us better this year I need a cheat code on this all, question all linebacker. the problem is, is I get what you're saying but at the same mm-hmm. time we've been in those situations with Cam and he's thrown those exact oh yeah. yeah that's true and that, that's you why know? I very well could be wrong I very, very and well there's a good wrong. chance that he was that he would have put up some the drop off between Cam, not 2015 Cam, but Cam in the years that is every other time, yeah. right, or since 2015 to Teddy is less steep than the drop off from Luke to tired. That's Whitehead. a good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, yeah, and like you said, you well, think that question. Luke is a better linebacker than Cam was a quarterback in a way. Here's where I need a cheat code with this question. I need to know what the outcome is. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I do. Yeah. Like, for me I, to I, make I my that. decision. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And the reason I mean this is that if Cam came back and played fantastic, I would be very happy, right? A. Mm-hmm. But then we would also be in this place where we like do we got to re-sign him? Are we going to re-sign him? Are we going to be the team that doesn't re-sign the guy that was great? So if Cam comes back and he's bad, and if Cam comes back and he's great, are ones or two scenarios. But for me, I'm more interested in the legacy of Luke in this case. And what I mean by that, if 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 I knew that Luke was going to come back and have one healthy great season, that would mean more than anything. I would say yes. But I don't okay. like looking. I did not enjoy watching Luke. It, I enjoyed watching Luke be less Luke or disliked yeah. him being less Luke than I disliked seeing Cam struggle with injury. I right. felt like we were watching Luke Keekley 
I want to just remember Luke Keekley as the best linebacker I've ever seen. I understand that. I, 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 I get what you're saying on that front. And I and if him coming back and having one last hurrah and it works would do that, then I say him all day. But if we yeah. had to watch a Luke Keekley that struggled with injury, that we were worried mm-hmm. every time he got hit in the head, right. he was less decisive. He was not playing as fast. And, yes, there was other things on the defense that we don't know if it was him. But I promise you, the Luke we saw last year was not the Luke we are used to seeing. And we were seeing the signs of it. And people who told me it was the defense around him, there we know I was right on this because he retired. And, yeah. he, I mean, he even said to it, you know, to that point that it's, it was just time. He knew that he felt that it was the end for him. I you know? do wish he could have one on top season and finish. If he would have gone out on top as in, like, I don't think he went out on the bottom. He just didn't have a great season, A, and he was on a shitty team. If he could have had a great season and on a great team, he arguably would be the best linebacker I've ever seen play. I agree. I agree. And then that's why this question is so hard. And, you know, when it comes down to it, Tony, you're breaking down stats. I've got to ask you, like, if you have the choice, you can have one of these two players. You're going to have a quarterback, and I'm going to take them at their best years, okay? So you can have a quarterback that can throw 50 touchdowns, have 3,500 yards, uh, you know, close to 1,000 yards rushing, you know, uh, or you can have a linebacker who has 125 tackles, seven sacks, three interceptions, two forced fumbles. Yeah. Like, what do you take? The answer is tough to call either way. Quarterback every time. Yeah. But at the time, you got to say quarterback. So that's my only reasoning for that. Now, not to take away from Luke, because I feel like he is. I agree. I agree. I think he's the best linebacker I've ever seen. You know, he's he's at the top. He's at the top. He's Mm -hmm. at least been my favorite of this generation. All right. Let's keep going. C3, C3, what's going on? What's going on? Um, it's your boy Swish. Uh, I was the one who called in a few weeks ago. I had the Dante Jackson tape. Um, I told you I was going to call back. Um, it's been a little minute, but I'm back. I'm back. Um, all right. So, and look, I got to apologize to y'all now because this might be two calls because I got two things to talk about. I don't know how long it's going to run. <laughs> uh, those are some things I heard on last week. So I just wanted to, you know, get my point of view on. The first one is the wide receiver thing. Who do we keep? We can keep two. Um, who do we keep? Robbie, Curtis, or DJ? Look, in my opinion, I think it's super easy. I don't even think it's worth, like, thinking about it. I think we keep Curtis and DJ. You got to let Robbie – well, not let him go, but just let him play out his contract. You re-up Curtis, and then you figure out what to do. You let Robbie play his two years, and then you figure out what to do with DJ. But I think the the – the wrench in everybody's thinking is Curtis Samuel. Like, what do you do? Because we got to resign him this year. Like, it's easy. Just resign him. He's our best playmaker. He's our best playmaker. Like, literally, DJ might be our best receiver. I like this Curtis call. Is our best playmaker. Yo, they are. Right. It's always like the story with Curtis is always more with less, right? He always has to do more with less. Like, they yes. give DJ every chance to prove he's worth being. He was worth the number one wide receiver mm-hmm. being taken in the 2018 draft, right, over Calvin Ridley. They give him every chance to prove he's worth that. And, I mean, I'm not saying he ain't stepped up to a build or anything, but, like, 
I still see Curtis Samuel being the playmaker. Like it's always more with less. Like yeah, they always give. He's always like the second or third read. At least this is how it's been. He's the second or third read, and he's the one scoring all the touchdowns. Like literally, like how is that? He's a better runner with the football <laughs> than DJ is. I um we knew he was working on his hands, but I love that. I how he is that? Expected his hands to be this good. He's made so many clutch plays for us this year. Look, I put it in perspective, right? That's. Chicago Bears game. That was plays to be had that DJ did not get. He dropped the one in the end zone, and he dropped that. What was it like a fourth, fourth down or whatever? Where he tried to one hand it. That same pass. Look, and we know DJ can catch that. We we seen him catch one handed passes, but that same pass was thrown to Curtis Samuel in the Chiefs game at a clutch moment, and he came down with it. That's all I'm saying. When it's plays to be had, Curtis Samuel makes plays. Um, and this ain't no knock on DJ. I think we keep DJ too. I think Hobby's the one that got to go. But I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. Y'all let that's me know. My um, I got another call coming in. So yeah. I got nothing. He said it all. That's exactly yeah, what great I Great call. Here, let so, me see. Here, keep going. Up oh, four seconds and nothing. This next, who's next? <laughs> Yo, 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 Swiss calling back in, Swiss calling back in. Way to go, um, Swiss. Yo, my other take was, yo, Cody, I got to agree with oh, you. Oh, no. Bro. I'm there with you, bro. I've been there. We need to let Marty Herney go. Like, uh, I can't I roll with you on this one, man. Like, legit, what's the fascination with keeping Mar- Marty Herney around here? Uh, we can't do it. Like, what's the play here? Like, keep him around long term. Is it because he knocks the first round out of the park? Yeah, that's so valuable asset. It is, but does he need to be GM to do that? And is he the only guy that can do that? No, he's not the only guy that can do that shit. Like, I don't, I don't One of the know. only guys that's um, been as consistent as he is. Yeah, he's been more, I guess, fiscally responsible with the contracts this time around, 2.0. But, I mean, for us, for us, it's been a bunch of three-year deals to names. That, has, that, that ultimately hasn't even a good point. led to us winning anything. Yeah. Like, ever since that 2017 season we went to the playoffs, every year after that, like, I think we've only won. And that what, was Gettleman's this, team, I think. Games after the halfway mark these past three years, 2018, 2019, 2020. Like, we just won our second game, the other one being the Lions game. I mean, not the yeah. Lions game, damn, that was just the other one being the Saints game. That was Kyle Allen versus Teddy Bridgewater. Come on, yo. Come on. I, I, I don't know. I just don't see the fascination with keeping him around. Like, I can't think of any crazy free agency brought us this year. Um, Don't try to give me that Robbie Anderson bullshit because Robbie Anderson literally said he was going to go wherever Teddy went. And he praised Matt Rule and said he would love to play for him again. So, I don't know. Marty Herney just really had to not fuck that one up, like not piss Robbie off to get him here. I don't know, man. I just look at what we doing. Like, we got a badass owner out here with the most money in the league, willing to do whatever it takes. We got a coach out here who's super progressive and is building the right culture. You can call him a badass, too. Willing to do whatever it takes to win. And then Joe Brady is legit a rock star OC, whether y'all want to, like, believe it or not. Like, people in the media do love him. They got Marty Herney, bro. Like, I don't know. Marty Herney just doesn't, like, forget Joe Brady for a second. Think about Rule, Herney, and Pepper. Like, he just doesn't complete that rock star trio for me. I, I just don't, I don't know. Mm, Y'all calling this I understand a that. and a cup and shit. Like, 
Come on. I don't know. I a lot of good points here. Me. A lot of good yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. I Y'all wish Cody was here you know. because he would be going ballistic about how great this call is. Mm-hmm. All right. I uh so I'll say t- I'll say this point, you know, and like I said, I've I've been a defender of Marty Herney. Um I am too. You know, and, and it's and it's funny because I think at the beginning of the year we wouldn't have been that way. And it's it, what you have to do is you have to look at the accomplishments and you have to then t- grade him based on those things. And if you grade him based on his accomplishments, and, and, and if you look at any other team, GM, like the only thing that uh, like I would say that w- that other GMs have an advantage on is free agency. Like mm-hmm. I can say that Herney's probably not the greatest free agent, I'll you know, you GM in the NFL. But mm-hmm. I think that also has a lot to do with where the other GMs are free or, or GMs act. Exactly. You know, We're so you can't. And too, if we've had money or not, right? I'm so ready to see what happens this Sunday, man, because this Sunday is the make or break point for our season. You know, if we lose this Sunday, I don't want to win another game. Period. Point blank. That's all there is to it. If we win this Sunday, I'm okay with us winning more. we need like right now our priority is going to end up being offensive line i feel like at least in my opinion so. it, should, it should be yeah. yeah and i think i agree with you man right. i think that w- this is not can the you hear me for yeah. yes okay we're back hopefully oh my goodness gracious all right i don't know what happened um here i'm going to share this link in the chat room where we were at if there are people still there the thing with marty herney is just and just to quickly wrap up the marty herney discussion um. Oh, I was going to say this with Dave Gettleman. Is Dave Gettleman's problem was he didn't follow his own advice, and when yeah, he, yeah, revoked, he, he preached something that was completely off off what he actually practiced. Yeah. Uh, and when he revoked that uh, contract from Josh Norman, it may it forced him. Dave Gettleman always had a simple a simple discussion, and that or a simple line, and it made sense, and that was you use the free agency to set up the draft. Um, And so then you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into something when it comes to the draft. And I like that. And he screwed up, you know, so you, then you don't have to pick a, you don't have to pick this. You don't have to pick this. And then that year he drafted three corners in one year. He did this. He did it to himself. So anyway, um, So the the other thing, so one thing about Marty Herney, though, that I do think is underrated right now is that his ability to just work with people. Yeah. And I think that his ability right now, he's kind of like a chameleon. Like, is that, and maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe that's a slimy thing. Like, I mean, I don't know how to feel about him. Is that he used to come on the radio all the time. And then this season, he seems to only come on the radio after wins. So that's an annoying to me. Um, but like um, when he did this stuff with Jerry Richardson and those big contracts, you thought it was because Jerry Richardson and he's kind of like, well, you write my check. I'll do what you want to do. I kind of feel like that's why Tepper and Rule might like him 
Yeah, because he just listens. He's just like, all right, is that what you want? I'll get it done. I'll get it done. And sometimes, though, those that's what your job is to do. And maybe it's not to think you're the fucking big. Maybe that's a good thing about Herney is he doesn't think he's the smartest football guy. He just says it tends to be the fall guy. Right. What's What's that? I, th- I feel like the yes man tends to be the fall guy. Well, they're the guys, like the guys that get fired. That's the guy. Is the guy who ends up taking the blame in the end because you've set it up that way. Now, it may not be that way in the Panthers franchise, but. Yeah, yeah, you feel, feel that like, way, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like they're setting up to be the fall guy. Like, no matter what happens in the future, well, we had Herney. Now we're moving forward with this, and we'll see what happens. So, yeah. I think he's a chameleon, man. I think he can work with and and the one thing I'm excited, the, I do think this is important for Herney. Is I think that, or in this organization with this trifecta, and and that was a kind of a good, and that he was like, look, we got these three people, and two of them are kind of these superheroes, superstars, and this one guy just don't fit that mold. You know, you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen. Right, not enough chiefs. There's too many chiefs, not enough Indians. That type of those sayings mm-hmm. is that you don't want the GM to feel like his D is bigger than the owners or the coaches. Yeah. It, I do think, and it's a strange dynamic. I know we're used to seeing the GM being the the super guy, and what's very strange about it is most GMs have never played football. <laughs> This is bizarre. It's a bizarre world right. when it comes to general managers. It, it is quite odd if you think about it. Yeah. Um, but the the idea is that I think that Herney sees his job, and much like I kind of see my job at work, is that I always tell the people that work under me, not under me, I'm their supervisor technically, but I'm like their advocate. That's what I say. I work for you. Like what y'all need. Y'all are my soldiers. Yeah, like yeah. and I need y'all to go fight every day. So since I need you to fight every day, what do you need? Maybe that's the benefit of a morning herding. Um all right, thanks call. Great call, great you. question. Um let's keep going. There's a couple more and we're out of here. Hey guys, this is Jason from Colorado. Oh. Jason, <laughs> I love it. Nobody back. No, this is Mike, aka Supreme Leader. Oh, uh, I tried my best, best uh, breast. <laughs> oh, 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 wait, hold on, hold on. Look, he really went after it here. This is good. This is a good part of it. So, um, still feeling good after that shutout of the Lions. Best uh, breast. <laughs> Look. Supremelitas. Wait, hold hey, on. Guys. Is this Mike or is this Mike doing, is this Supreme Leader doing a joke on, what's his name from Colorado? No, I think Supreme Leader called in earlier to no. congratulate him on what that he did. That was last week. That was on that was Sunday. On game. I think okay. this might be Supreme Leader doing it. All right, we got to listen to this carefully. Right, <laughs> I'm confused, yeah. All right, here it comes. This is going to be a thing now. It yeah. is. Hey, guys, this is Jason from Colorado. Oh. <laughs> 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 no, this is Mike. A.K.A. Supremely Tough. <laughs> he did. You're right, Tony. <laughs> oh, my God. How good is this? Colorado impersonation, but it didn't work out. Um, no, it did. It worked so, perfect. Um, <laughs> I thought it was his eighth call. 
shutout of the Lions. Uh, can't complain. Um, one thing I wanted to ask y'all, just based on my observation of the game, um, I oh, feel so like good. we're in better hands with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I know PJ Walker looked okay. He did throw those two interceptions. That was totally rookie mistakes, but I think that, um, you know, he still needs time to grow and sitting b- behind Teddy Bridgewater, he would, uh, he would learn some things and, I'm sure that, you know, with his arm talent, it won't hurt sitting behind him for the rest of the year. Um, I mean, I know the coaching staff isn't going to yeah. uh, replace Bridgewater with uh, Walker anyway, but um, I know this has probably been a hot topic already. Um, let me know what you think. Also, uh, also Tony Dunn, uh, my man, tell me what you think about a tight end in the first round this year. Oh, to keep pounding, boys. <laughs> like Yo, I love you guys, man. I love you guys. I think you're right, man. I just don't think that um, that the team's going to replace. You know, it's just not going to happen unless injury yeah. occurs. And um, the other thing is that if we take a tight end in the first round. I will go ballistic on the C three draft party. I promise you. And you name one tight end that's that's viable in the first round. I can't. Well, first, I don't scout players anymore. It's a waste of time for me. Like I watch the college teams that I watch. I watch the college games that I watch, and maybe I'll look out for them and be like, "Oh, well, that guy might be all right." No, all that guy, all this shit about studying the draft so hard. I can say this because Cody's not here. Is a waste of fucking time. Used to, he's going to spend a bazillion hours on this, and guess what's going to be right? Like one percentile. It's like the amount of people that actually die from COVID is what they're going to get right in the draft. Oh, oh that was a great comparison. I um, love that. Yeah. But the point that uh, the thing is, is that when I first started doing this show, we were more into the draft because it's, it's content, it helps content yeah, yeah. and stuff and some things. So I need other people that are interested in it. But I rarely think that I know what I'm fucking talking about. Mm-hmm. But in 2014, when we drafted Kelvin Benjamin, I lost my mind in a bad way. I was dr- I'm always drunk. If we if we pick in the 20s, yeah. I'm drunk by that point, right? I mean, it's, it's going to happen. You know, we've been watching the draft for three hours. I've been cycling all these mm-hmm. people in. I've been sucking back beers like crazy. I was. <laughs> pissed when we drafted Kelvin Benjamin. I was mad. And I was like, we could have gotten this guy later. Blah, blah, blah. He's got like this and that. And then these people came in and they were like, you're way too down on this guy before you've seen him play. You you know, like, and I was like, gosh, I felt bad about myself. Like, I was like embarrassed. I was like, man, I was too hard. Like this and that. And then my, ma, my man went and had like this great thousand yard rookie season. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, and people were messaging me, and they would be like sending me clips, and they'd be like, "You fucking remember when you dogged on why, this dude? You didn't give him this." Honestly, why wouldn't you be better, better rookie year than Julio Jones? Why wouldn't you be messaging you like that? They were right in that aspect. In the end, you were right though. But keep going. Well, my, my point was, I wanted two players. I had two players on my mind. I wanted Bradley Roby, 
who has been a very, very good cornerback in the league. For mm-hmm. you know, the other guy though, I really wanted read an article on it. Allen Robinson. Ooh. Yeah. So that here's one. the thing: is that like KB? <laughs> Kevin Boschman said Boschman said KB getting drunk during the draft now. <laughs> Yeah, is that here's the thing is that like uh I have not flipped out over a draft pick since that moment. Maybe a little bit over Vernon Butler. I don't yeah, know no, who I don't the know, draft man. pick. I, was, I don't I know. We were we were 31st in the in the draft on that one. I mean, there's right. at that point in time you're not getting right. uh uh, this I is the, highly thought after draft. The pick, year yeah. we pick a draft no, we pick a tight end in the first round. I will have the same meltdown. And yes, if for you assholes that want to go, what about Travis Kelce? What about who's the other guy from San Francisco? Uh, he's on my fantasy team, but I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Not Debo and Emmanuel Sanders. No, um, he's on uh, no, the uh, tight end, tight end, tight end for San oh, Francisco. Tight end, tight end. Uh, oh, Kittle, yeah, Kittle. Yeah. These are cherry picking ridiculous examples. First of all, which ones of those were taken in the first round? A and B. I saw so many of us wanted a lot of people wanted OJ Howard in the first round. The Panthers took Christian McCaffrey that year. You know, I'm saying some things, and they just don't work out enough. They just don't work out enough. I'm sorry, I'm just not interested. I I want to find the next Kelsey or Kittle in the third. All right, let's keep going. Two more calls. Yo, 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 fam, it's QT Zero out here. From What's up, Cali, QT Zero? And I gotta oh, know there is definitely a middle when it comes to Cam Newton because I love Cam. I love all of what he did. Kittle was a fourth rounder, he said right now. And, you know what I mean? But but I'm glad he's not on the squad. He he isn't a good piece for the squad that we'd have now. We need accuracy to be able to spread the ball out to all these weapons we have. Ah, uh, don't give me but, that. Uh, I and, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but what we also trying to do is rebuild, and 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 Cam ain't gonna be down with the rebuilding. He ain't gonna be down with trying to take care of this next man coming up and groom him up. We trying yeah. to get on to the to the next the next era. The the is Teddy the, the though era, and uh, we need to get that started. Like and not start that He's in got, three years or whatever. Finally falls off the map or something. You know what I'm saying? We need to start this rebuilding shit now. And I, I really feel like, like Teddy is 100% down with, uh, at the end of his, uh, his stature to, to groom the next man up and pull a, uh, Alex Smith. That's why he's driving a mini. The next guy up, whether it's he, he's a uh, or somebody else in the draft or so on and so forth. So, uh, keep counting y'all. Um, no. Go ahead. No, well, I was, I was going to say, if you're the guy who is willing to come in and take the money to groom the next guy to come in, then your big D is a fallacy, sir. That's all there is to it. You're putting socks in your pants. There's something else going on because a guy who is like the guy who feels like he is the franchise guy or could be a franchise guy is not going to be the guy to come in and to train somebody to take his job. Exactly. Well, I think he wanted an opportunity. I think Teddy was, is just happy that he got a starting opportunity, right? Is he's going to go to a place where somebody's going to give him a real shot to start. 
that. Tony, if you go to a job, are you going to go to a job and say, okay, I'm going to take this job and I might be able to start and be the, be the main guy in this job. But if I can, I'm sure going to groom the next guy who can. No, fuck that. You're not going to do that. I'm sorry. I don't feel like I would. You may. I wouldn't. Like, that's just. I think the, the one point I don't agree with the call is on this is that Cam, it almost kind of buys into Cam's ego is bigger than it was type like and i just feel like this is that i've seen um cam newton just lift up his players around him when they've made bad plays when they do and he's doing this right in new england and i'm not saying teddy doesn't do this i just don't know if teddy is necessarily the way i see it is this if you don't if you think we were rebuilding and that whether cam was successful or not um, that it's still a rebuild, then that's the same scenario for Teddy. And that just means he's a piece for a time being. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. Is he said Teddy more humble? He said Teddy's more humble than you, I guess. No, he was saying that to you <laughs> about the job. <laughs> I think this is that Teddy's coming off of a, look, first is Teddy hasn't started in several years and he's coming off a catastrophic leg injury. I think he is happy to. I think he, this was a great scenario for him to come into a place that people already believed into him, believe with him. So I don't think he's coming in to be a groomer necessarily. I think for him, he's thinking about like this: is that I'm going to a place where people actually will legitimately give me a shot, and not only a shot, but like be behind me. Um, and, but, but here's the thing too: like think about it from this perspective. The, the coaching staff has made P.J. inactive and Will Greer the, the backup, right? They have done that throughout the year. So if there was an actual situation where they brought Teddy Bridgewater in for purely a grooming scenario, then one of these guys would have been named the, star, the, the backup from the get-go, right? These guys weren't sold on either of these backups. They weren't. The, if you really think they signed P.J. Walker thinking – this is the future. We're going to let him be, you know, you know, play behind Teddy, and Teddy's going to groom him into the starting role. You're full of it. You, there's nobody in this world who thought that the XFL was going to translate as well as it did this past Sunday with PJ right. Walker. Not That's a single person. Yeah, and and there's so Teddy Bridgewater was not signed as a groomer. Teddy Bridgewater was signed as the potential franchise. That's what it was. No questions asked. There is no way to argue that statement. Maybe not a groomer, but a bridge over troubled water. I mean, a bridge, but yeah, not not a groomer. I think, I think that Teddy and may have been who who really grooms quarterbacks. I mean, name me one at, quarterback uh, that has done Aaron one, Aaron Rodgers. Tom, no, he doesn't. Patrick Mahomes. No, no th- those are two groomed quarterbacks. No, those groomed. are two groomed. But like, guess what? Is Brett Favre didn't want to have nothing to fucking do nope, with Aaron Rodgers. Guess what Aaron Rodgers wants to do with anybody? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Um, I've just never seen the- this man. role where look. they have learned. Even look, if you go to Miami, look, Fitzpatrick is fucking pissed. He's mad. Well, th- th- they have a huge problem there, dude. They should have never, first of all, put uh, to it in. Yeah. Fitzpatrick should have been the starter from the day. The problem is they were they were susceptible to the to the pressure of their franchise of the of the fan base. And right now, 
Yeah, and, then and that's they're, and they're gonna screw themselves doing who? that. They're gonna ruin Tua's confidence, yes. which oh, has, I know. may have happened last. That's so week. ridiculous! It's so stupid. You're gonna lose a game, man. Tua, sorry, dude. You're gonna lose a game. And Let on top of that, how can yeah. Miami fans go from being bitch like the like they've been as irrelevant? They have been irrelevant for twenty years. My whole life. Yeah, twenty my whole life. years. And you're trying to tell me that you've won more games than I can remember, and y'all are crying and bitching and complaining. Like you At know what I'm saying? Like, time. like you should be so happy that to uh, like I don't know if I was a Dolphins fan, I just can't believe that it's a strange arrogance. It's a weird. It's weird to me, man. All right, can we finish this last call? Let's do it. Let's get it. Right. Yeah. It is Randall Herbert. I just want to say, fuck C3, fuck Cody. Y'all don't know football. Once I get my podcast, everybody going to listen to mine and not yours. Even though nobody <laughs> listening to mine. Damn. Damn. Who's oh, that? God. That is not Brandon Herbert. One more time. I have to send this to Cody. It is Brandon Herbert. I just want to say, fuck C3, fuck Cody. Y'all don't know football. Once I get my podcast, everybody going to listen to mine. It's not y'all. T-Money. Even though nobody listen to mine. That is not T-Money. I promise you that no. either. No, I think it was an attempt at trying to do, like, <laughs> somebody making, this is, a, this is basically a parody of somebody in chat. Right. That yeah. shit is the funniest yeah, right. shit I've ever heard in my life. Great. It was a good yeah. that was a good impression A in exactly what he would say B. <laughs> oh my god, I love that shit. Wait until Cody hears that. I am sending it yeah. to him tonight. <laughs> he is gonna awesome. fucking Cody might stand up and say hallelujah right out of his wheelchair. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, this is the oh Kevin Boschman says Boschovan Boschovan. How would you say B O Bosch B O S H O V E N? You're the debt collector, Cody C K. How would you say it? You should call what people that B O S H man. Yep. B O S H O V E N O V E N Boschovan. Bashovan. Yeah, ah, very yeah. good. That's see, this is the country in me. I can't I can't speak quickly. <laughs> country people be like Bashovan, Bashovan, and then Bashovan. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Um I think that's it. Like uh we've talked about everything. We haven't talked about the Vikings. Again, we never talk about the team we're about to play because all we do is talk about Teddy Bridgewater and fucking the future yeah. of this team. Yeah. Um we do need to ice some people up though. And because one of my friends likes this, I'm gonna do this. Oh, where are the ice cubes at? Hold on. Anyway, there's supposed to be ice cubes playing right then. Um why is that and why is nothing work anymore? <laughs> Twenty twenty. I tell you, I had uh one one update will ruin your computer. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're icing up mugs right now. And do you guys got some ice up picks for me? CK, you want to go? Go ahead. You, you said you had a good one. I want to hear it. I do have a good one, man. And this is personal. This came this week. Uh, okay. I am a big believer of um, 
punishment and reward for doing what you're supposed to do and not what you're supposed to do. Okay. So my 13 year old daughter, straight A's this year, first or right now, first grade or not first grade, excuse me, eighth grade. Um, very proud. Awesome. Great job. I know it's virtual learning. There could be things that are different, but you made straight A's. You're getting through this. What does she want? She wants me to bring Chick-fil-A home from work. Okay. That's I can do not that. Unreasonable. No, not unreasonable. Yeah. I fucking hate Chick-fil-A. How can you, you hate who you're the I, only no, person listen, on listen, earth listen, that hates Chick-fil-A? I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. You always wait way too long when you go in there. Uh, okay. Uh, then they give you this little bitty tiny ass chicken breast with two eighth of an inch pickles sliced right in the middle, not even spread it on the sandwich, and give it to you on a tiny little bun, give it to you, charge you nine dollars for it. Can't fucking stand it. Okay. But my daughter, straight A's, I'm gonna reward you. Cool. I'll go to Chick-fil-A after work, pick you up some food. Okay. So my Chick-fil-A where I'm at, the line is circled around the building two times. Can I, I tell you, daughter. can I interrupt one second? Good. Every yeah. Chick-fil-A is like that, bro. Yeah, okay. Go no, ahead. It is. It is. Okay. <laughs> so I love my daughter. I'm like, okay. She's done a great job. I want to reward her. I'm going to go through and get this, okay? So I'm not familiar with Chick-fil-A. I don't like Chick-fil-A. I think it's overrated. I don't go there. I don't know the menu. So when I pull up, He's the guy's like, huh? You're a hater. I am a hater, but, but the, okay, total. I don't, so when I pull up the guys, like, uh, what, what can I get for you? And I told him, I was like, look, I was like, I know y'all have little chicken nuggets. I was like, I don't know what you call them, but I, I want like the little chicken nuggets. He was like, Oh, you want the chicken minis? I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds right. I want the chicken minis. He's like, you want the 10 piece, right? So I have two daughters, my wife, myself. I was like, yeah, let me get four 10 pieces. Okay. Cause there's no menu there to tell you what's going on. Fifty-four fucking dollars later. Oh, they gave you the little sandwiches. Yes, fifty-four dollars later, mm. and forty-five minutes in the drive-through later, I'm driving home, and I cannot believe that I have just been at Chick Fil A, what I would at a steakhouse. So to Chick Fil A, I say ice the fuck up. Your food is not that good. I can go to Popeyes and get a three nine nine sandwich with big thick ass half inch pickles. And sauce and all that good stuff on it for three ninety nine. Kiss my ass, Chick Fil A, ice up. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say this much: I, I wouldn't say. I mean, the prices I, I can understand. Let's ice up the prices. Yeah. But what you need to ice up is that kid in the drive thru who had no yeah. idea what he was talking about. Yes, it made me so mad. Man. And because well, I'd first already been of all, there, can I ice white? y'all up for asking for many chicken nuggets? Like, a chicken no, nugget is I many. I knew, I knew they were called something other than chicken nuggets, because they're not called chicken nuggets at Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. So that's Are they? Chicken nuggets. God damn yeah. it. Maybe they're called chicken myself. nuggets, bro. <laughs> and here's the other thing. I got some problems, but first of all, the chat room got your back. Uh, Bubba Pacha yeah. says, I dislike Chick-fil-A too. Too much money for crap food. Popeye's is the spot. Kevin yes. Boshoven Bosch- 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 says, if you're Charlotte, try Boxcar Betty's best chicken sandwich ever. I'm a, I'm not going to ice you up because I'm not going to use my ice up for this, but like I got a problem with what you're saying. Oh, and, and Ode to Cody too. 
Cody hates their fucking waffle fries. He thinks they're the most. I don't like. I'm not, right I'm not a fan of them either, man. They're not. He that goes. Good. I, they're not that good. I think his hate I, is I, a little too much. But go ahead. I like the sandwich. I like the sandwich 100. percent Dude, their spicy chicken, chicken sandwich is dope, yo. Dude, I love their really? sandwich, but the, the the waffle fries, I'm I'm not sold on. That's not my favorite thing in the world. Spicy dude. chicken but, sandwich um, is the bomb. They don't. They have limited sides. They do have limited sides. It is, yeah, a little on the hair of the pricey side, but not much more. I mean, if you think about it, when you go to fucking okay. McDonald's or whatever, it's okay. all eight bucks these days anyway. Um, my the one thing I do is there. We went to McDonald's, and I don't go. I don't like to eat at fast food a lot. I don't need it. Yeah, my kids every now and then will stop for my kids or something like this. We went uh to mcdonald's the other day for like just because we need to get our kids some nuggets and then we were going out to dinner and it was like and i told my wife i said i don't think there's a better food service place than mcdonald's in the way it's run like i mean these mugs just are churning i mean it's like cars and cars and this and the food comes out hot and this and she goes chick-fil-a i was like you right homie Right. Every place that line is moving and they all like have a blessed day. God bless you. We love you. And they all hire pretty it's all terrible. I I mean I think it's terrible. I think they all hire like the girls that work there are all sixteen year old pampered <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, girls. Yeah, like that, it, that, 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 that annoys the shit out of me. It does annoy me. but God bless you. And I'll be like, mm, well, God bless you. <laughs> no, I don't say that. But <laughs> they do move a fucking drive-through line like the craziest thing I've ever seen. They are awesome yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Popeye's chicken sandwich, though. That mug so is fantastic. a giant, bro. It's a giant. All so right, CK, good. what you got for us? Um, you know, mine is gonna be just coming back to the Panthers because we do our ice ups. And a lot of times they do extend away from football, and I want to bring it back to football with mine today. Um, and that is, yeah, I'm gonna be the bad guy on this, guys. Can we ch- even with Cody? Cody's gonna hear this. He's gonna he's gonna be so angry. Can we chill it on the PJ Walker? He's an elite talent in this in this league. Uh, yes. Well, yes, we well, have to. Uh, we have to. I don't, I don't think anybody said he was an elite talent. I but, think I think everybody said he was as good as Bridgewater. Nah, yeah. And but what can I'm we saying, chill it on that? that. Go ahead, get him, CK. That. You can't yeah. even use that. Like, here's the reality: what? he's had a, he's had a decent game, right? Mm-hmm. But he still made poor decisions. You can sit mm-hmm. here and say all day those are things that can be taught that he can be taught away from doing. Really, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston couldn't be taught. Well, certain players can't. You're right. But exactly. At the so same time, saying, I've seen Bridgewater, who's been in the league make those same decisions and the same mistakes, even though he's had, what, four or five years now to be taught not to do that, he still made the same decisions. So, But here's the here's the difference, right? Bridgewater has proven that he can be good in this league as well, right? He was, an, he was, a, he was a round one draft pick. He was with the Vikings. He went, he won all five games he started yeah, yeah. with with the Saints last right. last year, and right. he's held his own against some of the toughest defenses in the league this year, mm-hmm. right? He hasn't been great, and, and I, like I said, I've come to his defense on certain occasions, and I've vilified him as well, but to put 
PJ Walker on this pedestal of, you know, yes, I think he has a lot of potential and I think we can all agree on that. But this idea that he should remain our starter and we should build up our team around this one guy off of one performance against a really bad team with an offensive line that was holding its own with a wide receiver core that is one of the best in the NFL uh, and, and with the running game that was non-existent, by the way, so that didn't help him out. All of these things, we need to take a step back away from P.J. Walker and think he's the savior and realize he was a rookie in his first game, and in all reality, he had a few good throws that we have been itching for all year. Yeah, yeah. But statistically speaking, as Stat bad Daddy over here will also say, Wasn't it all boils good. down to the numbers. Mm-hmm. And he threw two interceptions in the red zone. He had one touchdown. His mm-hmm. touchdown-to-interception ratio was one to two. And, yeah. and you know what, okay, you have a great point there. You really do. Like th- That is a fantastic point. The only part that I can put against that that might re- like rebuttal what you're saying there is Bridgewater put up what what excuse me uh, Walker put up what Bridgewater does every single week his first week in the NFL first time playing in the NFL mm. with the new Teddy offense don't usually through pick with, with the first string picks. wide receivers first string offense okay the same thing Bridgewater's done for ten weeks is all i'm saying but not what i'm saying that, is not, if you go back bridgewater open then uh walker opens up more options than bridgewater mm. does which this is his ice up pick greg this is his ice up pick let him yeah. have his so ice up here's, pick yes sir. here's my my point and i'll, I'll say who i'm icing up is right you, and i'll make this point for teddy bridgewater if you look at teddy bridgewater against equally bad defenses he has been better than what PJ Walker was this past week. Okay. Just so you know. I yeah. mean, if you look at stats specifically, mm-hmm. but that being said, anybody who is making the argument that PJ Walker is a franchise quarterback and can be uh, a franchise should be built around this guy after one game. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You I all agree. need to that. ice up. You're, you're absolutely right. And I'll that might that. even go to yeah. ourselves on this podcast after I'll give the post game. Well, I don't uh, think anybody was saying he's to be a franchise quarterback, but he's you were just, just excited to see somebody who was able to throw the ball down the field. Right, exactly. The problem is exactly. that's what my problem with this is: yeah. is we are all we're so overwhelmed by something we haven't seen in so long that that's the first big. one that came along and did something like that, we're like, "This is the motherfucking guy, bro!" Yeah. Yep, You're we haven't right. seen it in so long. We jumped on his dick so quick. She gave us a blowjob. She gave us a blowjob, man. And you want to? We want to take a back. You know, I want to take a, a step away as well from my my admiration for rule and realize that Greg has been doing the exact same thing about icing us up over Matt Rule. We got something new into the into the garage, and we were so excited about Matt Rule. And Greg has said, "What has he done? What's what has he done up to this point?" And it's the same thing. We, I mean, I think we all could agree we like what Matt Rule is doing, but in, we we haven't really seen it on a large scale of success yet. And so we're all so excited about it. I think we need to take a step back and realize, listen, there's a lot of unknowns, and until this is actually something that succeeds, we don't know. One game with P.J. Walker is not enough to sell me that he is the franchise guy that we need to build around. Damn it, CK is always the bigger man. Always by like this much, he's the bigger man. Damn you, CK. Great man. Great, great, great point. All right. Uh, my ISO pick goes to Roy Cooper this week. Um, and Ooh, uh, yeah, and, I hear and this. Cody put up the tweet. I went and watched yeah. the press conference and then the stupid WARL or whatever the Raleigh channel was 
ended the press conference before the ju- juicy part and then put up a video of like some dog and it was like let's meet the dog of the week and i was so pissed i was walking my dog i was trying to watch this stupid video of roy cooper telling us to wear masks inside i don't know what it was is that like i didn't get to see it but if it's as advertised by the riley radio station that he is advocate not advocating but mandating that we wear masks inside with our family members on thanksgiving if that's really the case if that's your position, Roy, first, I didn't vote for you, Roy Cooper, and which is ridiculous that I didn't vote for you. That shows you how much I'm not in line with the COVID response for this state. Is yeah. I hate the Republicans in our state. North Carolina state Republicans are the fucking worst. I tried to... I mean, they are awful, dude. They are fucking I awful. Our state is terrible when it comes to them. And that McCrory was like the one gem of a Republican, and he stunk. The point mm-hmm. that I'm trying to make is I have had some some reason over the last two weeks, I've had like a lot of dreams, one. Two, I've actually had like scary dreams. Like I've had dreams like being like in snakes, you know, like weird shit. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I swear to God, I woke up, I said I fucking had a nightmare. My wife was like, God, you had, you've had, this is like your third one. And I was like, and I was like, she said, what, what was it? I said, I voted for Tom Tillis. That was my nightmare. <laughs> He's a Republican. That's how much I fucking hate our state Republicans. Like I hate that you had a nightmare about voting for one. Yes. Yeah. I had a nightmare about it. So the fact is that I voted for the Republican governor in this race because I am not down on the McCrory. I got a couple of reasons. He didn't, he vetoed a budget that would have equaled to pay raises for teachers raise my hand right here so my you're not you're not gonna get my vote like this and that but this idea it's a misgiven folks if you want to stop covid i'm not saying don't wear a mask that's not what i'm advocating for but the mask is not a thing that just stops it what maybe what we should say is this roy cooper is that we're all going to be with thanksgiving's a time where we commune with our family we try to be thankful of things that are going around us. And at this point, we've been going through a lot as a state and as a nation. And we've, you know, and, and we want to be with our families. But what I employ people to do is that if you're not feeling well, to, to tell your family and not go to Thanksgiving. If you're not feeling well, to try to be honest about it and avoid those situations. If you are not showing any symptoms of this, wash your hands. Try to limit how much you're in a close contact. These are real options. I just think it's too much of this, like, you wear a mask and we won't have COVID. I'm not saying not to wear a mask. It's not my point. I'm not an anti-masker. I'm not a pro-masker. But if you think, it's kind of like this. is like... Um, you can still get pregnant and take birth control. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Fuck you, Roy Cooper. Wear a mask in the house is not the way to... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not an epidemiologist. I just don't think that it's really the most appropriate tactic. I think we... If we are... I think that the the gov, our, our government, uh, people who are in medicine, talk down to us. 
Yeah. I think that they think we're too stupid to understand. Well, they, have a cer- they also have a certain amount of power over you. I think no that they think do, we're too to dumb to understand, though, yeah. that we can be reasonable in the way we interact yeah. and take some important measures. So anyway, yeah. uh, I said, all right, yeah, so C3 Panthers podcast. Let's get the hell out of here. I got to travel for Thanksgiving. And guess what I'm doing? I'm traveling to sit in a room with people that live two blocks down the road from me. It's the I should ice that up. Why are we doing this? To not do anything. To sit in a condo together with no COVID. Anyway, ice up myself. <laughs> ice up. Uh, <laughs> good night and uh, keep pounding. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.